This is Cinema Degeneration. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. I, I just can't take no pleasure in killing that. Just some things you gotta do. We all go a little mad sometimes. You wanna know what happens to an eyeball when it gets punctured? You just can't let them go? Go! Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? <laughs> Please, God. This is God. The dead will walk here. I'm just gonna bash your brains. And your suffering will be legendary even in hell. <laughs> it's alive, it's alive, it's alive. They all flow down here. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Boy, our introductory show tonight features our Grindhouse Pizzeria, which is dedicated to all things Grindhouse and exploitation. Whether it's extra cheesy or loaded with meat, you'll always get a belly full of hot, nasty goodness. Come on in, pull up a chair and grab you a slice. Pray for day. Hell night. Hell night. Linda Blair in Hell Night from Compass International. Rated R. Alrighty, folks, welcome once again to Cinema Degeneration, and we are recording a new episode of Grindhouse Pizzeria. The pizza ovens are on, got a piping hot pie getting ready to come out of the oven, so get ready for some cheesy, meaty goodness. And as usual, my usual cohort and, and co-star, I guess you, if you will, is Tom Commissar. How the hell are you? We're doing great, my friend. Good to be here tonight. Yeah, this is a this is a big one. We we've gone a couple you know a couple of rounds with some more obscure titles, but I feel like this is a while albeit a semi overlooked gem, is kind of a heavy hitter. It's a part of the nineteen eighties, early eighties, and a nineteen eighty one specifically craze of slashers. We are going to be talking one Hell Night starring Linda Blair. Yes, yes, Hell Night, and this is. This is one that escaped me when I was younger. It, I didn't see this until it was probably about 90 or 91. Usually I saw like all this early 80s stuff. It, it just never, you know, came to my video store. You know, I didn't see it in the theaters because right. I was only like five years old at the time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, Hell Knight. It's a, it's, it's a fucking whopper of a slasher. I'm kind of surprised we didn't pick this one out for uh, Single Serving Slashers Month. Uh, a couple months back, but you know, hey, there, there's so many. Hey, Doctor Giggles trumps everything. Yeah, oh yeah, Doctor <laughs> Giggles trumps them all. We picked, we picked Doctor Giggles. We had to do Doctor Giggles. I, but yeah, I, I know what you're saying here. I tell you what, I, you know, it's funny. Um, I would think I, I had a mad crush on uh, Linda Blair. I, I like probably, I'm, I'm probably the only person, right? And uh, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I just, I just thought she's. I, I, she's just gorgeous, and I just I, I love her. And and um, 
I uh, so this is something if I know Linda Blair was in it, I'd have probably went and seen it. I honestly, I'm I'm getting old. I don't remember where I first saw it. I really don't. I like I don't know if I saw it. I probably saw it on VHS. I might have seen it in the theater because in the early '80s, you know, I was going to movies all the time. I mean, we were just just if I didn't go with my friends, I, I would just go by myself. You know, if I want to see something. And of course, there was no shortage of slashers at every single theater on the planet. So it's like, you know, I, I just so I, I don't remember. I know, uh, you know, so but when you. Yeah, and it is weird, too. That we, it is kind of weird. It slipped through the cracks of all the episodes we've done. And then when you brought it up, I'm like, it was in your selection of, hey, pick one of these. I was like, oh, fucking hell. Hell night. <laughs> Yes, you know, just look at There's that no poster. decision to be made there. It's not. Oh yeah, I was like, right off the bottom, I know I wanted to hit myself in the head with a hammer. Like, what the hell, man? Fucking yeah, you know, like just that. We've poster. been doing this oh. show for three years. Why have we not done this? Yet? Right. I mean, the poster. I'm looking at the poster. I don't have the poster, so but I have a printing. I have a print of the poster that I'm looking at right now. Of the that's the the one that uh, where she's hanging onto the fence, and then you yep, see and the, it says pray the for day. Yeah, and then in the manor in the back with the moon in the back. It's like a classic, classic poster. It's beautiful. I want to, I'm, I'm like, I think I want to buy one. I'm going to look up and buy one of these posters and have it, have it framed and put it in my. Oh, you're like, probably I, talking a couple hundred bucks, I'm sure. Oh, I know. That's it. I, I, I probably, you know, but I'm like, I look at it, it's like, man, I would love to have that on my wall. It's so great. There's just, you know, you know, like posters are the best, man. I love them. But we've, uh, I'm mean, too. Avid poster I, but, collector. You know this. Yeah, I know. And yeah, like, you know, it's just exciting when you see the poster. I'm like, oh, God, I can't, you know. So, anyway, watching it, getting into it again, uh, it's just like, I'm, I'm glad that we finally actually did it because uh, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a great movie. It's a, it's a great time, you know, for the old farts like me remembering like those movies back then. And you know why everybody's crazy about those movies and they're always pining for them. And even guys that are, they weren't really, or they're maybe they're very young when they came out. And they didn't see them when they came out. You know why? Because the, they were great movies. You know, yeah. they were cool movies. They were just great. They movies. have personality. You know, yeah, Today's oh, slasher, yeah. slashers just don't really have that same pizzazz. I, I, I appreciate the good, the really, really good ones, but but the other ones always try to, you know, the newer ones in the last like ten years or so, always try to emulate what they did in the eighties, and they. Right. More times than not, missed the mark. There's still some really good ones, you know. I'm not trying to right. disparage a whole, a whole decade of films, but I'm yeah, glad that they try the because <laughs> I'm glad that they try though because I'll tell you, there's a reason for it. You know, it's like there's a reason why people love these movies because they are good. There's something about them. It's like they, there's they just have a there's a look. Even the ones that aren't, even the not the ones that aren't the best, there's something about them. They just don't look. I don't know if it's just the, because they're on film, the coloring, the graphics, the music, and certainly the music helps. But I don't know, man. It's just, it's just, it was a great, it was a great time to be alive and see those movies. And I'm glad that there are, that most of them are available. We can just watch them whenever we want. Yeah, yeah. most of them are available. There's one in particular right. that we were mentioning off the air that is not available anywhere unless you want to spend uh, ninety dollars for a VHS. But that, right. that's yeah, there's a, another. There's yeah, there's some that are a little tough to find, or or if you can find them at all. But they're you know, but that's the fun too of tracking them, trying to track stuff down, you know, and uh, you know, and seeing if you can grab a deal on something. And uh, yeah, but, well, uh, as of the time of this recording, it's available on Tubi. I think it is also available 
on uh, Prime for, well, for a rental, but it's also available on Pluto. So at least as at the time of this recording it is, it's also available on uh, for free on the Freebie, which is a, you know, a streaming channel through Prime. So yeah, you, you got a couple options if you already got one of these services to watch it without incurring you know any additional costs, which is all, always good. But I, I have a DVD of this, the Anchor Bay DVD that is actually signed by Linda Belair. I met her at a show. Oh, oh that's beautiful. Back I watched- in the nineties. I watched it on Tubi, but oh my God, yeah, if I had a Linda Blair sign, I'd die. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's cool. That's what's nice. It's nice to be able to to kind of go to those conventions and just have fun doing that stuff, you know. I I still remember my my first convention at 16 was a Fangoria show in Villa Park, Illinois. And I got to meet uh, Bruce Campbell and Doug Bradley, and I was just like, this is like insane. Yeah, I had a... That was funny. Well, we can go to the recording and go to the show. I actually, one time when I was there with uh, my with Dan, uh, real quick, I, I, I don't know, with Doug Bradley, we were having breakfast down in this thing, and Dan was talking about uh, the, 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 what's that, Vegemite stuff that they eat, but it's this. Yeah, the, yeah, Vegemite. Whatever, it wasn't Vegemite, though. That's like the Australian one. It's more like, uh, I forget uh, what they call theirs over in England. And they were going on, and, and Dan had a bottle of it with him because he was showing it to Paul. And uh, anyway, so he goes up, and, and uh, Doug Bradley wants, he was like, hey, let me have some of that. And he takes a taste of it. And, and I remember we, we ended up sitting there with him and his wife or whatever and, his, and having breakfast with him, you know, and, and all over this jar of, you know, this, of this, you know, whatever this, this beef, veggie, weird toast spread that they all like over there. <laughs> So whatever, I'm sorry. I, I went off on a you t- you brought up Doug Bradley. I was I had to look up what to see is oh it's uh I was looking like Vegemite. Marmite. 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 Marmite is what the what the Brits what he had is what Dan had it was Marmite. So anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I've I've had it. Not not a fan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not well, a fan. it's not really like you know, it was all right. It's better than Vegemite. I didn't like Vegemite, but uh, but the yeah. Marmite was yeah, you got that. That's like an interesting story. I mean, getting to share a breakfast with Doug Bradley. Yeah, when I was just talking about the convention thing, you know, to sit down and all of a sudden I'm eating breakfast with them. We're sitting at their table talking about Marmite and like, you know, and <laughs> eating breakfast with Doug Bradley. <laughs> I'm having fucking eggs with Doug. <laughs> that was See, all you needed was a thing of the Marmite to fucking right, Marmite. To, to, to break that ice. If I'd have known that, I'd have, you know. <laughs> anyway, let, all right, let's get back to Hell Knight. All right, Hell Knight. All right. <clears throat> we'll do the, let me bring up IMDb here, and we'll give everybody at home listening the quick IMDb synopsis. It's a 42-year-old movie, so if you haven't seen it by now, then, you know, we're, we're spoiling everything, folks. We're going to be spoiling everything. But all right, Hell Knight 1981 is as follows. Four college pledges are forced to spend the night in a deserted old mansion where they are stalked by the monstrous survivor of a family massacre years earlier. I, I, I like that. I like that's a good summary, but it's also very misleading because uh, as, as you well know as well as I know from watching this movie, there is not a, a monstrous survivor. There are monstrous survivors. Right. Yeah, which is it's, it's funny because uh, 
you know, I was I was reading. I always like to read other reviews and see what other people say of this. And somebody was watching this and it said they didn't realize until like the very end of the movie that there was a second killer. I always knew there was a second killer. Right. Yeah, me too. And uh, like right from the beginning, like when the first guy gets bumped off and he's getting chased, like the one guy was going in the you know one direction. He went off in the other direction, ran into the killer who looks nothing like. I mean, they always show him in shadow, you know, but like. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you're not fooling anybody. Right. It was definitely two different killers. You know? And uh, yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you just, you know, whoever wrote that, whatever, you know, it's, yeah, there's two. They weren't paying cool. attention. Because you <laughs> normally, yeah, exactly. It was just like, oh, somebody's being, you know, they just, but, but see, that's really what's cool about that is, is what's interesting is you don't really see that in like the slasher genre. Obviously, there's, you know, there's a single killer. And yeah, you, usually so, almost always. Almost. This was an interesting way to introduce two characters and, and, and not just for the, you know, there's a, there's a whole history behind it, you know, like why, why are they there? You know? And, uh, and so it was really cool. What I, what I like about it, um, what I like about this movie is I just like the way it starts out, which it kind of changes there, you know, as we've talked about it before earlier, uh, but, uh, the way it starts out, it just jumps right into it. You know what I mean? It's just like it. Just, oh yeah, it starts it, off with a close up of a woman screaming. Right. Like it, it's it, it, right off into it. Right, and it's just like it. It just it's like bang. There's no like build up or anything. They're at a sorority house. They're having you know the crazy ass party, and it's you know and uh, it's and uh, it's just it's just wild. It's like Animal House times ten. You know what I mean? Everybody's yeah. <laughs> everywhere, drunk. Everybody's having a great time. The place is packed. Um, and, uh, you know, everybody's, you know, dressed up and stuff, you know, and, uh, and it's, it's fun, you know, it looks right away. You're like, oh, all right, you're getting into it. You know, you're like, oh, it's and I, I like it's that it's a, like a masquerade party, kind of like everybody's dressed up in you know, like a Halloween style party. Like everybody's got a costume. Right. Exactly. So it's got that kind of, you know, so everybody's cool or in costume, having fun and, you know, the usual shenanigans are going on, you know, and, uh, it just pretty much just goes into you, you meet your our main character who kind of has a thing set up to they're going to, they're all, he's going to be a select, like you said in the thing, there's a select group of people that are going to be pledged in at this, uh, at this, um, at this manner. And uh, so there, they, it starts out at the party and then pretty much like, you know, you got a few things. The, going on. Yeah. You basically get introduced to the characters right off the bat are like central four or five main characters you know, they're partying, and I, I actually wrote down the name of the uh, fraternity, Alpha Sigma Rho. Right. Yeah, and, you know, it's pretty much right down, you know, you you, you realize you got Kevin Brophy playing Peter, the, the head of the fraternity, and he's he's the quote-unquote asshole of the movie. Right. You got Peter Bar- Barton playing Jeff. He's the nice guy of the movie. You got Vincent Van Patten. He's kind of the, like the, the surfer. Yeah, surfer boy. Stoner, yeah. Surfer stoner. Which I like him a lot in this. Well, I like him anyway, but I mean, he was really good. He was my favorite character. To, I, I to think be so. Honest. Yeah, I think so. And then you got, um, you know, Linda Blair, of course, is our final girl, Marty. And then you get uh, Suki Goodwin, who played Denise, which was like her only one of two acting credits, which is a shame because she was really good. He was great in this. I really liked her a lot. She was delightful when she was on screen just talking, and she seemed like, she's like, yeah, that'd be. On that hangout party with her, <laughs> she was really cool. 
Yeah, yeah, she had like a natural charisma. Everybody in this movie is very charismatic. You know, you got the the Peter character and Scott, the 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 two you know fraternity bros are kind of like they're kind of assholes, but they're still like right. likable assholes. They do do neither one of them do anything so horrible that they shouldn't. Well, they shouldn't have walked away from, but they they end up not walking away from it all because. Well, they're doing the pranks, you know, and they're just you know they're not anything. It's just. You know, they set it up where, you know, the, these four have to spend the basically the night, which is it turns out to be just, you know, lot six or seven hours or something. It's not like a, you know, like an entire, you know, big, huge thing. But so it basically it goes from this party scene where you kind of meet the main characters that you're going to. And then all the hundred other people that are, you don't, you don't see anymore. You know, it's just, they're just the. <laughs> yeah, you only see them when they do the procession down to Garth Manor right. and then they get there for the big speech the monologue that he that peter gives given the backstory and then they're just gone they're gone the rest of the movie they that was it well, i like i like how they go there though it's like a big it's a big parade of the cars of all these drunken fucking knuckleheads and they're like I'm surprised all, like, nobody got ran over they're riding right, on the hoods on the trunks right hanging the off and, and if that's not bad enough they're all carrying lit torches, <laughs> they all got torches. oh god yeah, it's fire, fire drunk and drunks. Right, and drunk, fire, and they're all like in convertibles or like jeeps and shit. Like you know, like a convertible, you know, or t top or something. You know, like everybody's like you know, like all over the cars. You know, and they're just driving like oh, and any you know, and uh, so they get to this place, and so that's it. The one location is done, and then they bring they got another location later on in the story. Uh, but other than that, it's they, it's a it's the perfect thing for a filmmaker's dream when you don't have you know a ton of money you know which you know they had a budget on this of course but you know like you you got this big cool manor this house mansion almost like a castle and they've got this they've got this thing they filmed in and they and they pretty much do ninety percent of the movie there and uh, you know it starts out they're at the gate. Uh, and, uh, our guy, uh, Peter, our, the, the leader there, who's kind of set all this up. He's a smarmy kind of, dude. He's yeah, a smarmy he's, dude. Army, I, I like, I like him. I like his character. He's colorful. Like he's, he's fun. He's cool. He is fun. And he seems like he'd be kind of a dick, kind of cocky, but he'd be all right. Like if he knew. Him, I mean, the worst to... thing he's doing is like, you know, locking them in this mansion for a couple of hours and, you know, he's got a couple screen machines and plastic skeletons popping out of closets. I'm like, that's the extent of his, you know, pranks. He's not doing anything horrible. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Nobody's. If it wasn't for. Nobody's getting you... accidentally set on fire. Or, you know. If it wasn't for the two real killers in the manor that nobody knew about. <laughs> Nothing, yeah, yeah, nothing would have happened. They'd have been all right. You know, really, it's just a bunch of dumb pranks is all it would have been, you know, enough to kind of scare you or put you at unease. But nobody nobody would have got hurt. So he's not he's not a yeah. villain. You know, he's not. And he didn't set him up to get murdered, of course. So, you know, he's just, he's just, <laughs> he's just a schmuck. He's a jerk. He's a, you know, cocky. He's a cocky fraternity bro. Fraternity, bro. You know, I mean, what do you want? That's what they're. That's what. Frat, bro. <laughs> He's pretty cool in this, and he gets it all in there. And he, I like, I like the opening thing when they get there, and while they're walking up these long steps that are outside with all this overgrown brush, he's telling the whole story. He's giving you all this exposition, but it's, 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 it's just, it's something that he would tell a crowd. Like if you were taking somebody on a tour, he's telling the backstory of this house, 
And what and the backstory is like, I, I want a prequel that, that shows the back, the backstory of what oh, this, yeah. yeah, that what had happened in this. I wanted to like, you see more. Have hell night and done some amazing shit with this. You know, I mean, you yeah. could have done, I mean, really, if you want to stay with it, you could have done a part two after the prequel and those guys are all alive, you know, like, you know, you know, I'm talking about the killers, you know, like they didn't die. You yeah, know? you know, they, they make leg- legacy sequels to, you know, stranger films. I mean, why not? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, everybody, you know, and you know how it is, you know, oh, and he, he's obviously dead. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, you could fucking bring anybody back. But anyway, so right. going to the thing, um, I do like when they first show the manner and the music they play. It's fucking pretty cool, man. It's like, it's like oh, man, this is very foreboding. Of- yeah, very uh, great word, great way to describe that because that's exactly what it is. And, and that yeah. mansion is—it's beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful gorgeous. place. And it's like what a place to film. I mean, you know, just going there and and you know, just I mean, just on the outside of it, walking around, especially at night, that'd have been creepy as fuck. You know, like I did those. write down the name of um, what was used for the exteriors. The exterior of Garth Manor was uh, shot at a place called the Kimberly. Crest Mansion in Redlands, California. It is uh, no longer a private residence. It is now a uh, a museum and available, you know, to cruising oh, nice. by the public. So it's a. Uh, but the inside of the Garth Manor was filmed at a regular residence, right. residential home in Pasadena, California. And that that doesn't surprise me at all because uh, I'm familiar with that uh, area. Oh, are you now? <laughs> my, my brother. Well, my brother. My brother lived in Pasadena uh, for a long time, and uh, so I've been there quite a bit. But they've they've got like you know the regular type homes, but they've got some really gorgeous homes there, like really big, beautiful places. And I, that doesn't I didn't know that they, I didn't read up on where they shot it, but uh, uh, the interiors. But that doesn't surprise me at all with having it that kind of a house, you know, like there because they've got some beautiful things. Even they got just some of their streets. They, that's why they film so much there. Um, obviously, you know, know, obviously, you know, there's been, you know, famous horror movies filmed in that area, but, but they, uh, but yeah, like even the streetlights, you can tell they're old, like, you know, like the the glass on them. I mean, there's some, we got newer stuff, but a lot of the things you go down and when they're lit up at night, you look at them and go, God, these things are ancient. They've been here forever. They're, it's a beautiful, they got some really beautiful neighborhoods there. That are just got you know some huge homes, so that doesn't surprise me that that they would use an area like that for interiors. Yeah, the and, only thing that wasn't uh, on the property was the hedge maze. They they like had that built and brought in, right? Because there was no maze on the mansion property, but it, it's not like it's a a big sprawling uh, like the the shining kind of place. It's it's just a you know a little garden maze. Well, you could do stuff like that, you know, how, you know how that is, you know, just keep moving the camera around and they're running around on the same thing. Yeah, the same yeah. like two tunnels, you know. Way. Now run from this way, you know, and then now run down. Wait, there. now we're going to change the lighting. Run from the same way again. Right, exactly. <laughs> just keep doing that, but uh, but it's beautiful and uh, it's a kind of a long scene where they, he, you know, gets them up all the way in there and and then. And uh, then what basically he does is he he takes the main gate and you see everybody being shooed out, all the rest of the party goers, and he closes the gate and he locks them in. So now we have our uh, we have Marty, uh, we have Jeff, we have Denise, 
and uh, and and uh, Seth. Seth. And that's or it. or as, as Denise keeps calling him West because there is ongoing right. jokes oh, that she does not remember his name. Right, it's the inner joke. Always calling him West. My name's Seth. You know, <laughs> they're in the middle of wake, making out, and she's like, "Oh, right. West." She's like, Seth, 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 darling. Seth. Ready to <laughs> and uh, but, but one thing I want to I want to talk about one thing briefly. I wrote down a bit of the history, the the Garth family history. I wrote down a little section of it. When where Peter gives his monologue, he he says that the twelve years prior, the owner and and I think grandson or great grandson son of the founder, and he was a gold prospector, Raymond Garth, had strangled his wife Lillian to death, and then murdered his three children, which were Morris, Suzanne, and Mar- Margaret, which he described as uh, basically having severe deformities, and they were born quote unquote mongoloids. But that after the the carnage of murdering his three kids, he hung himself. However, the police never found the body of the youngest Garth child, 14-year-old Andrew. And legend had that Andrew had witnessed the murder of his entire family and may still be living within the manor. But, uh, you know, did he, you know, that's what I wonder, like, if if the other killer was the father or the other killer was one of the other sons. I think they, they... They played it. I I'd originally thought it was the the father. That's how uh, I thought because they never explained it, and they don't need to. To be honest, they said. But I've read somewhere where in the story now this could be just wrong because it didn't seem that way to me that it was Morris, the older brother, and then Andrew, the younger brother, that had survived. So Morris is the one with the long hair, and uh, the older one, and then of course Andrew's the younger one, but the much bigger one. Yeah, the one that's like he's like bald. Yeah, bald, and yeah. he's just the Hulker. You know, he's a he's your slasher. Yeah, you know, he's like he's Derek, the monster. He's like Derek Mears. He's just big. <laughs> like, well, they all. Right. But you know, what I mean, he's really tall and he's big and he's pretty. You know, uh, you know, imposing. And he's just you know, kind of has that feel to it. So, but that's that. That is and now they never say all. You never know that. You just assume because he looks younger, so that would be. Who yeah, that was what I assumed. That it was either one or the other. It was either the one dude was the older brother, or the father. I and in the end, you don't know. He know you know he was a he was a Garth. Right, he was a Garth, and so uh, so there it is. You know, <laughs> so yeah. yeah. But they get they get right to the shenanigans. They're gonna have fun. Um, our girl Denise, she's kind of dressed like a 1920s or 30s flapper kind of thing and she's she's just a cute kid and she's nice and funny and she's kind of but she brings all the stuff like you're not there weren't supposed to bring alcohol she's got in her garter belt she's got a flask of jack daniels she's yep. got a little container with quaaludes um and she's got a little uh she's a little bag of coke you know and she's got a little radio like down in her cleavage that's like a little tiny transistor radio yeah a little transistor radio <laughs> but hey it's such a tinny sounding thing yeah. but like hey it's better than having well, no hey music. it's better no music i'll take that any day and uh well, and, yeah of course because they well the guy tells him peter tells him in the uh, beginning like there's no modern facilities here you know even though right. there's, there's, there's plumbing but there's no gas there's no electric there's no phone so they're like right. pretty much got so, candles yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and again okay here's here's my, my here's my first complaint all right, and you already know it's going to be because I've complained about this on the show many times. Who lit all the candles? Right. Who, <laughs> you know, who left a couple hundred? Like in every room, there's 
dozens right. of candles, a couple hundred of candles burning in this decrepit, decaying, dry, you right. know, uh, dusty old place that could just go up like, you know, right. in, in I, a I flash. I would not have all those candles going just everywhere. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. Uh, it was magnificent it. looking for the camera, but it was just made me go, who who lit all those? Yeah, who did all this? Because this took a little work, you know? Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> it's a minor complaint, but it's one I have with every movie that has candles. <laughs> did you show Marty, Linda Blair, walking around lighting some some of the candelabras and stuff like that? Uh, but obviously when they came in, there was candles going. So she did not, we're not going to believe that she lit all those. But she's lighting some. She's in her basically. She's in her room with uh, with uh, Jeff. Uh, Jeff now. Jeff's kind of the, the he's a, he's very mild uh, mannered kind of. You're kind of nice kid. Uh, you know, from a rich family. And, yeah, that was played by Peter Barton. He he yeah, was. Uh, he's like a good kid. He didn't. He's not gonna start any trouble. And you know, he's not getting all drunk and like party boy. He's not partying. He's he's just kind of there. Yeah, he's there by the fireplace. Now we go. To the next room where uh, Seth and uh, Denise are, and that's a different thing. He's he's got his like he was dressed up like Robin Hood, so he's got like like fake arrows that he she shoots her in the butt, and he shoots a picture with one of them. And they got the little rubber stoppers on it. Yeah, the real little rubber <laughs> suction cups on the yeah, end of them. Cup. And he's in his what is it? The heart. He's got like boxers on, like with yeah, bo- white <laughs> boxers with big pink and red hearts all over him. Yeah, we for a movie. Now I got to say this: it was directed by Tom DeSimone, who did Hellhole, uh, Reform School Girls, and a shitload of pornography—a whole lot of p- legit porn. For a movie that's like, you know, a slasher in 1981, it is strategically got no nudity in it. It's got some scantily clad girls in it, and a scantily clad uh, dude in his, you know, white and boxers with the red hearts on them, but strangely sex-free. You the know, only for, nipples you see are Vincent Van Patten's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you hey, you know, you know, you need, you need, you need, hey, you know, some, hey. some, some man nipples every once in a while. Right. <laughs> a, man nip, a little man nip, all right, you know. You know but so, but he expected yeah. from from a surfer boy to go topless, you know. Right, exactly. Like, like, yeah, like Spicoli, you know. You got to take your shirt off when you walk in. And, right, and, uh, so, right. Right, so, you know. Yeah, but, but Seth, uh, uh, his character, Vincent Van Patten's character, Seth, he is smitten with Denise. It's almost like it's almost like puppy dog love. It is like legit. It's like he's not just trying to get himself, you know, a piece of tail. It, I actually feel like he was just totally smitten with her. He's having, well. She's cute. She's got a British accent, so you know, and so she's probably as smitten with him being the California surfer boy as he is with her. They're they're really cool together, and and I really like his. I, I like him. I like his character a lot in this. Uh, He's jumping around in the bed. He's kind of just playing around with her. He's not like trying to do shit. And she's digging it. They're just having fun playing around and, you know, having a, you know, party. And, you know, it's not, they're yeah, not. They're just having fun. They're having fun. They know they got to be there for the night and they're just making the best of it. And they're kind of jumping around on the bed and he's, he's jumping up and down. She wants to know what it's like to surf. He's uh, basically do you know, playing, you know, showing her what's like, and then he's describing, you know, the curl, the waves. He's doing all this like surfer lingo, which I don't know how much is real or not, but it's it's kind of funny. So he's just it kinda, seemed legit. It seemed legit. I'm like, you know, it seemed cool, but and so he's describing that, and then when he has to pull out or kick out, you know, when he has to get out of it, when he basically, you know, when he 
the curl of the wave goes over him and you know he you know so he kicks out and crashes and then he lands on top of her and then so she's laughing her ass off having a good time so it's a good scene you know it's not like all right let's start fucking it's playful you know? it's playful it's play it's very playful and it's fun they're they're a delight to watch every time i watch this movie that's a that's one of my favorite scenes i, I think it's just funny you know i they, love they, the they juxtaposition like of going between them, you know, getting kind of frisky, and then it's back to Marty and Jeff, you know, awkwardly talking by the fire, getting those like, oh, my dad owns a, you know, he's a mechanic, and I worked there when I was in high school, and she kind of ribs him a little bit for being, you know, a quote-unquote rich guy, you know, born into rich money. It's like Marty and Jeff are kind of awkwardly getting to know each other, right. but it's very sweet. It's like, you can tell they're both like, they got a kind of sarcastic wit about them and they're kind of trading jabs back and forth, but it's all in good, like it's good natured ribbing. Yeah. I don't remember exactly how it puts it, but it's kind of cool. It's kind of like, it's almost like, so like, what am I like, is it, why, why does it automatically make me a bad person? Cause I'm rich, you know, like, you know, like, and like, there's something is kind of like, there's like a little back and forth like that. And people that are poor are like, you know, the good and, or something. I forget exactly how he puts it, but it's, yeah, um, yeah. But well, it's just like what am I because I have money or my parents are like what I'm a I'm a bad person you know like I'm you know, right but like, then I'm like a, he also kind of ribs her for you know like he's like wait a minute you changed the brakes yourself and he kind of gives her some hell about like wait a minute he's like my car's been making this funny noise you know and, and everything right. she's I'm like yeah you know, she's like yeah you know why I don't tell anybody I work on cars. Now, <laughs> that is being in the car business where and I've been a service advisor for many years. I'm not now, but I still in work at dealerships. I know how that is. Like anytime, a, you know, a technician, they mention they work on cars right away. They're like, Oh, Hey, and if they, people go right into a question about their own car or what's, what do you think this is? Or, you know, so it's so funny. I love that scene. She's like, you know, first of all, she doesn't look like somebody that would not because she's a girl, but you know what I mean? She, but you know, just what she's wearing and you don't see her like working on a car we're like putting on our own brakes, so he's a little so but he's, he's like, Oh, really? You you put your own brakes on? But it was funny, it wasn't so much about that. He was just like, Hey, I got this noise, you know, like could it be the valves? And you know, and like he goes right into like, you know, like you know, like you know, it's it, like kind of asking her a technical question, you know, a mechanical question about it, and then that's and I like it. And she says, That's why I don't tell people, you know. Yeah. And because you'll get you'll get technicians, I've never like, oh yeah, you know, you'll you know, you go somewhere and you got your work shirt on. Right away, you're getting pounded with people like, "Hey, coming up to you," and they want to talk to you, you know, about your their car. And uh, but uh, and, but it's cool. I like that that they set that up. It, it makes them feel more like real people and not just characters. Yeah, it's well, like, it's kind of cool. It, it's it's yeah. She's not just you know little Miss Smarty girl at school, and she's like you know kind of like you know she's like yeah she you know, she needs to fix the car. She could put some plugs and points. You know, and, that, and yes, back then they had those, and I know they don't anymore, but, but you know, you could do, you know, points uh, and, uh, you know, and uh, and set the timing, you know, and she could do breaks. And I, I like that. It was like she could roll up her sleeve and, you know, work on her car. And the reason why it's cool is because I don't know if they had the scene in mind at the end, which you know what I'm talking about, which we can get to. It's a little too early to talk about that. But there's a car yeah. thing where she actually has to pop the hood and get to it. It's like. Like it was a good setup for like okay if you're gonna bring that into the story at least show something. And they do they they bring it full circle. I like that when they like foreshadowing yeah. and the, the like foreshadowing that. actually happens. Like you didn't think it would ever be brought up again. And like she's just something talking about herself. And um, 
but uh, there she was. You know, they, you know, she did, you had to use her car smarts real quick to get the car going. So that was I like I thought you know, you know, well now I'm talking about it. You know, uh, right? But, you know, like where she pops the hood and has to run out in the middle of this like chase scene almost. You know, like you know, fix you know, and, like she knows what's wrong with a car real quick and she jumps like the. I don't know what she did. She jumped something and made. She meant. She looked like she was messing with the distributor cap, and then at the end, I don't know what the hell she was doing. Right, something she arced some wire, some and got something going. And uh, like I remember, you know, back in the old days, you could do something like that with a starter. You could like do something and jump it and get it going. But I don't know what the fuck. It was cool. I'm glad they went back to it. So yeah, 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 it was good. Getting back to the story, it isn't long. Before you hear these shrieks and screams um, uh, uh, throughout the mansion, and it's like you know, and they know like, like what's going on, they're like what God. So they're like looking around, and it doesn't take them long to find a speaker behind one of the curtains. Yeah, you know? because like it's just like canned laughter on on like on a laugh track, like in, right. in a in a uh, uh, a uh, sitcom, but it's just screaming. It like it's it's so loud. Over the soundtrack, it's like you can practically hear the scratches on the vinyl with the fake screams. It's like one of those old Halloween party records, you know? Oh, what's funny is you see Peter, our fraternity leader guy who's kind of the leader of this. He's outside with this, like, old rinky-dink little metal box that's got, like, little toggle switches and lights. Yeah. So he's outside that he's run a wire to, and he's controlling the screams. And then, you know, they disconnected finally the one and there's so then and that's not working right. And then, you know, and then he kind of figures out and then he goes over and then you see Scott. You got to introduce Scott. Um, uh, was that Jimmy Sturdivant? Sturdivant, yeah. He's the he's like he's an annoying little shit. He's like, a little, he's like an annoying like an IT guy is annoying. Like we need him, but, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, like, but you got to have him. But you got to have them because they're smart. So, so he's got Scott's kind of like. Uh, he's got like, that parrot on his shoulder, though, the whole movie. Right. Even well, when he like, gets off and killed, they still got the goddamn parrot. Right. He's like, uh, he's like, he looks kind of like the guy that on the Wonder Buggy, you know, the guy with the round <laughs> He's that guy, with it, but he's dressed like a pirate. He doesn't have the hat on at this moment. But he's got the whole time, he's got this like plastic parrot on his shoulder, and it's funny as shit. And so he's basically the right hand. He's like the, like, the guy that Peter kind of orders around to do shit. And uh, so he does. He's working on this thing. They got rigged up. Um, I think this is the thing where they do the little uh, the little image thing with the the ghost thing. Oh, yeah, he, the hologram ghost that they, oh, they, yeah, 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 that they corner think, Marty with. I think he's rigging that up at the time. And then we see um, our other girl the, who's like the – the friend of Peter's who's kind of there helping out is uh, Jenny Newman. She plays uh, Mae West and she's dressed yeah. like leopards stuff and that very, very attractive uh, blonde haired girl. And uh, so she's there kind of like, and so you got Peter, like he needs her to go do some stuff and she's like, well, you know, like whatever. And she doesn't, she's not really into it. And, but this yeah, is, she gives them shit. She's like, if you put as much as this in, into reading in your studies, we'd all be graduating with honors. <laughs> I, you know, instead of this fucking childish shit. But anyway, she goes along with it. But pretty much right away, she's going to do something, and she steps down into something that kind of leads to like a, I don't know, like a trap door or something. 
and like it, it she, well she there's an underground tunnel system and he like he had warned her that there was underground like service tunnels underneath because again foreshadowing we're going to see these in the future and then that's what she almost steps into what she steps into she steps into it and then she goes down yeah it's like uh it's almost a little like it's one of the scenes in like you know Texas Chainsaw 2, you know, kind of go, you know, she goes down this yep. thing, and now she's down in this this tunnel-type thing. And it, it's pretty quick. All of a sudden, she's grabbed by her face. She, like, up against this wall, and, and then, like, you next you see, like, this big killer creature dude. He, like, swings this, uh, what is it, like a sickle? Yeah, it's like, uh, a, it's, yeah, it's like, like a, a scythe or, uh, yeah. Or, so basically, just, they do it really quick, but you see that it went right across her neck up against the stone wall. And, you know, obviously she's been decapitated, but they don't show at that time. They don't show anything other than that. You see it. It's like quick. It's like. Rah, each other. Click, oh, yeah, real quick and done. It's it, This is not a very graphic you no. know, horror movie. You know, there, there's the most graphic kill is the one of the killers at the end, you know, but the, the, the kills themselves are not really detailed. And it's not a detractor, but they're they're creative, this. So you know, I I can I can I can deal with that. And it's like, and like in that case, like the head, they could have went the thing and had the head plop off and all, but they didn't. They kind of went away from it real quick. You didn't see a lot. You almost think that's it. You know, like okay, that's that's how she got killed, and that's the end of her. But it pops up again later, which is kind of cool, which we'll get to. So now we're we're kind of going through the whole. You know, like, all right, so some of the pranks are going and some aren't working. And this prank with the hologram, like like Marty, Linda Blair, she's trying to get out of this room. And now the door's locked. And so, which we find out later, that was also controlled by the thing that could lock doors. So this really creepy hologram is walking toward her. It looks like it, it looks like something out of the Haunted Mansion uh you know disneyland it's you know but the creep the, the creature is really gro is really scary and it's like this it looks like like yeah it's zombie. really grody looking pretty slimy yeah, and nasty I, i'd be pretty scared too if that was coming at me even if i knew it was fake i'd be like oh what the fuck because it's coming at her you know yeah I mean? and uh it's and amazing then, all the electrical shit they got run all over this place for a place that has no electricity no electricity right <laughs> <laughs> Again, if they had spent half that time, you know, uh, worrying about their studies, maybe they'd all be alive today. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. So the, she basically gets out of the room and finally let the door opens and she comes out. And then you got, so you got, uh, what was it, uh, Jeff? You got Jeff and Seth kind of standing in the hall. And then she's, you know, she's scared now. You know, like, what's going on? Even though they know she's, they're doing pranks. You know, they're not aware of anything really bad happening yet other than, you know, these pranks. And she's scared and wants to get the hell out of there. And now <laughs> they're walking around. Jeff and uh, Marty, are, he's got like a big thing of candles. Big, oh, around. yeah, big candelabra, as they say. Candelabra, yeah. And they're just they're just kind of walking around. So this we kind of get a lot of this where like it's just kind of, you know, they're they're still got uh, they're, they're 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 just kind of seeing what's up and you know you're they're still hearing noises and they're they're kind of ramping up the pranks uh obviously peter doesn't know that may may west has been you know killed so he's still doing stuff he's putting on a mask he's going through the stone wall scott's still helping him out so right now it's only scott and peter and they don't know that that they're their their girl that was helping him that yeah she's dead. 
They don't know anything about it. They're still laughing and having fun with these pranks. But they do the, the fatal flaw. They have a fatal flaw. They split up. They Right. They split up. And now Scott is going to go up into the roof, if I remember. Mm-hmm. He's, he's going to. Uh, there's with a, that we, rickety fucking rope ladder. I would not me up on that. That. If you paid me, I probably couldn't get up that ladder. I'd be all over the place falling off it. My fucking rickety knees. I'd be like, fuck. Oh, no. I, I'd end up with a broken back. <laughs> like, I, no doubt. At, I looked at that. I'm like, nope. It'd be like, especially if you're on the roof, like, Tom, go, you know, jump over the wall and get on that ladder and get down or we're all going to get killed. Like, Y'all get going. Have a good time. You know, you can say some, <laughs> say some nice things about me. <laughs> I'm not climbing down. Speak ever. well of me. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna miss you guys. I hope you miss me. Love you. <laughs> I'm not. I'm gonna stay up here and die. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna die. Like, listen, if I try to try this, I'm just gonna die tired. I'm gonna. <laughs> you know? I'm gonna. I, uh, I'm probably gonna die. You know, of a heart attack, just whipping my leg over the side, and trying to find my footing on that rope and those boards. Yeah, you know, swinging back and forth. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I was getting. I was getting anxiety just watching it. So anyway, so uh, we got Marty and uh, and Jeff. They're outside now. They're kind of finding stuff. And we got Scott's up on the roof now because he's setting up. You can see he's setting up uh, like another prank with a like a dummy with a mask on. And he's like, yeah. he's like, I I think he's then he's putting a wire or something on it, probably to suspend it. And uh, but then he can hear like he, he hears something. He turns, you know, the usual. He's kind of yeah. turning around. He's up like, on the roof alone, and he goes, "Who's there?" And it's like, I can tell you who's fucking there. Right, <laughs> the guy's gonna kill you. So again, so he so he's looking around and he's rigging this thing up, and and he's got that stupid parrot still. And uh, it's yeah, that, cool. The roof is cool. The way that got got it lit, I love it. It's like just enough stuff is lit. Or it's not like one of those things where those movies where they're always dark. You know, it's like they've got cool shit. It's lit up and up, but it still looks dark. And uh, it looks cool. It's like, you know, it's got it's shadowy. There's leaves blowing. There's wind blowing. I don't know if that was happening for real or if they made it do that. But it looks cool because it looks like that kind of fall, you know, the leaves blowing. And it looks creepy. You know, it's like it's just the perfect setup for a creepy shot. Right, right. And uh, then they're they're just basically doing the the slow moving around point of view, like something's looking at him. Yeah, and, and get, I call it lurker mode. Yeah, yeah, that's what they're doing. They're lurking and you know getting set up for the kill. Scott gets up to look. He's like, "What's going?" on? You know, he's like looking around, like because he knows something's going on. And then it pretty much just, you know, he looks, turns around, and then you see the hand again on the face. Somebody grabs a hold of him. This is a pretty good kill. Um, they, oh yeah, it's brutal. He gets it's spun quick. around. His his head just gets basically spun around, and uh, and then he's literally facing ass backwards. He's basically look with his head turned all the way around, looking, um, you know, looking over his shoulder blades. <laughs> but I love like when he goes down, he goes down face first. So he's yeah. he's technically laying, you know, his body is face up, but his head is face down, and the blood is just pouring out, and you still got that. That stupid that parrot on his parrot. shoulder, perfectly in frame, and it's 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 a good kill. And you can see, kind of in silhouette, they got a little bit of lighting around the hair, but you can tell that's the taller, younger one. It's not the longer hair one that you're gonna see. So it's uh, it's the it's the uh, he didn't really look young in this thing. He's not young, 
by any stretch, but you can see the hair and you can see this is the bigger guy. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah. Later you'll see his face a little bit more, but he's face in shadow, but you can see the killer or one of them. Yeah. And it's cool. So, so, so now you get an idea. Okay. Well, there's that guy. And, uh, and then like this guy then, definitely looks different. Right. And then, so they go back, they're back in the room now. It's kind of like, you know, Linda and, uh, uh, Linda, uh, no, not Linda, Marty and, uh, Jeff. and, uh, Jeff. they're back in their room and she's kind of like, are we going to, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's time to go to bed. We're going to keep making these noises. And he's looking around and he's, so he's, he's like securing the room. Like, you know, like, I love know, when she tell, when she's like, time to go to bed. I was like, think you should do the same. And then he comes over and sits on the, at the foot of her bed and she's like, wrong bed. That was great. <laughs> But before that, he opens up one of the closets and they got like a springy, like skeleton, a full skull skeleton, kind of like boing, and just kind of bouncing up and down. And and then she's she that kind of pisses her off and he goes, "Hey, it's not my fault." And she's like, "Oh, I know, it's not you, you know." And so she he puts it back in and closes the door. And so that's when the bed thing. Yeah, he walks over like, oh, "Okay," you know, huh? and, uh, like, like that. maybe, <laughs> hey, yeah. And she's just laying there, full boots and dress, and like she's not like. You know, she's not taking off nothing. So she lays down, <laughs> she lays down on top of the bed, and he's just kind of like, yeah, like a wrong bed. So, you know, he goes in. And the one thing on that, when she says, uh, when she has him blow out the candle, it's dark. I'm thinking, hell no, woman. I'd have told you no. Like, <laughs> I, I am not blowing out this candle. I don't give a fuck. Uh, you know, yeah, there's already the enough scary shit in this fucking place. Sleep with the lights on. I want to see what the hell's going on in this place when I open my eyes. <laughs> like so. And uh, so now we go, we're back. Obviously, we see Denise and, and uh, Seth. Seth has passed out after a good little rogering, I guess. And uh, we don't really know, but. but uh, yeah, you can so only I, assume so. I like it. She just kind of reaches over. Looks like she reaches into her bag and grabs a, a quaalude. It looks because it's not coke. It looks like she pulls a tablet out. They don't really show it. I like it. She just kind of pops it in her mouth and then she grabs her flask that's kind of sitting in like a half open drawer. Kind of gets that, takes a couple of chugs off of that. Like I'm good, you know, like going back to sleep, you know. Yeah. So, so she lays back down and then now she's, you know, she's kind of looking around and and uh, and she can't like she gets up. Like she was supposed to just kind of go back, but now she's up. And then, yeah, I think it is one of those. It's just like yeah, she, she hears a noise and can't like yeah. He's down for the count, you know. He's sleeping. She gets up, pops her little pumps on, and yeah, and uh, she's basically she gets up and walks around. And she grabs a candle. I like the scene when she grabbed the candle. This was like pretty smart, like just to do. It probably wasn't there. She got it, and she was smart enough to know to kind of drain some of the wax off the top. I remember, I don't know why it's a little detail I know. Yeah. But she was going to get up and knew that if she got up and walked with that candle, it would probably been lit for hours. Like, that wax is going to be all over her hand. She just went and, like, kind of tipped Dumped that it. wax over do another candle. And, it's like, the finer up. details, right? And I was like, that's, that was, like, that was cool. I, it was a detail I just noticed that I was like, yeah, 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 you should do that. <laughs> so she's walking around, basically, now, because she knows, like, she's hearing something, and she's going toward um, a door that's kind of a, a jar, and as usual, it's got the, like, the blackness behind it is what's kind of creepy. Like, what is, what's going on here, you know, like, and, and, uh, so it's a pretty good, it, they, they got some pretty good moments where when they're doing stuff, you're like, oh, 
like you know like what you think something's gonna like a jump scare but it's not you know she opens it up and then it's just like a like what is it like a bathroom with a vanity yeah, it was like a bathroom. It, it's a uh, vanity, and she starts going oh, through like some of the makeup and stuff. Yeah, it's like a vanity. Like it's like an old thing with a mirror, uh, and uh, and old drawers. It looks like marble top, some stuff on it. She's kind of she like, gets she gets spooked by the the fake snake that's in the the yeah, pop up fake snake that's in one of the drawers. Yeah, uh, uh, the way it looks like too. Like she's she's kind of messing around with the old antique shit laying on there, like an old sprayer bottle thing with the little, and then she's messing around. But I like it when she does finally open the door, the drawer of the one drawer, there's nothing in the one drawer. And then when she opens the one on the other side, that's when the snake pops out. And then when she goes to close it, it looks like there was another one in there. They'd set up that sort of popped up, but didn't come out all the way. I noticed that too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that was (laughs) the other half of the snake or if they had another one. When she goes to close it, it, it pop. you see it kind of pop up. Like it didn't like quite come all the way out. Yeah, it only I popped like halfway out, and she yeah. just closes it in the door in the drawer. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, and uh, this is could have been a cool prank. She didn't really notice it or something, or it didn't really bother her. Oh, I um, think it was because she was she's so like half drugged out of her mind. She looked in the mirror, and and Peter actually, this was a good setup actually for a prank. The mask he's got on, he, he's behind. He, the mirror in another room and you know how those old mirrors are like and he puts a light on underneath his chin wearing this mask he does it just at the right time where when she's looking in the mirror that mask looks like her face because you can see her sitting there in her like you know her red top you know whatever she's wearing and then and then that face and then she kind of looks like oh my, my skin looks weird whatever she says there she says all oh, these these quaaludes are hell on my complexion yeah that's right <laughs> so, like, uh, one of my favorite father, lines yeah it's like yeah that, yeah that that is a good, I, I I didn't even remember but I like the line it was because it was kind of like it didn't even phase her like oh fuck I look like shit all these fucking drugs I'm thinking you know <laughs> and uh, you know he's kind of like ah oh, shit you know like he didn't even give a shit you know and then he walks away. <laughs> Like the prank, but it was a good prank. Like that would have been like something. Yeah, it would have worked if she just hadn't been on the quaaludes. Right, she's all looted out and a little bit of Jack Daniels in her flask, and that was it. So, uh, so here we are again. Um, he walks away, and Peter, and now he's back outside. Now he's climbing up on the roof. He's on that ladder that we love, and wind's blowing pretty good. So again, with the leaves, good setup. It looks good. I like I, I like that whole rooftop scene. It always looks cool. Um, he, well, he's, he's trying pro- to find he's trying to find I, Scott. Obviously, he knows you know Scott's up there working, and uh, so now he wants to know where he is. So he's calling for him. He's looking around. He finds him at this thing, didn't he? Did he? Oh, oh, I know what he does. Yeah, didn't that? Isn't that where he looks down that little hole? Yeah, little- and and uh, Scott is hanging off the side. I think yeah. he's hanging off the side where they were supposed to be hanging the the fake dead body or the mannequin. He looks down yeah. and shines his flashlight. Cause I think he finds Scott's flashlight and uses it to find him. And he grabs the handle of this mechanism and he starts like basically winding the cable back up. And and he's and they they kind of I like how they do it. He didn't do it real fast. It's, it takes a while, and we we know it's going to happen. But you know it's like you know it's like he's like. It's almost like he knows too, but he doesn't want to know. But he has to do it, you know, like he has to look. Yeah, and he's so, yeah, he's very apprehensive at this point. Like, this I know, thing, everything is screaming at him not to do it, but he has to do it. 
like, you know, I have to do it. I got to see, like, is this, you know, like, what's going on? Well, I had a funny thought, like, if, if Scott was uh, not dead at that point, let's just say he wasn't dead. He was hanging there as a prank when, like, Peter trips the wire and drops Scott's body down and, and he's hanging by the neck. It pops his, his neck. It's so if he hadn't already had his head twisted around, <laughs> his head would have popped you right off his body. <laughs> you may have killed your buddy. And, like, uh, if he ain't yeah. dead now, what well, if he wasn't dead right. then? He sure is dead now. You, you, you've uh, you've sealed his fate. So, uh, but that's pretty cool. So he goes whipping down that ladder, and uh, now he's running around like calling a panic. You know, obviously his buddy's dead. This is a pretty cool scene because this is a good this is a good outdoor kind of thing where he's just running trying to get the fuck out of there, and of course he can't get out of the gate. He can't unlock it. I think he's got the key, doesn't he? But he's got he the, he's got the key, but uh, I think one of the guy, one of the two killers. I'm not sure which one pops out and and kind of thwarts yeah, him at the gate. Yeah, he's getting chased now. So yeah, because he know, gets scared back into the like that garden hedge maze. Yeah, he gets his face grabbed. That always seems to be the happen. Like whenever they get the guy puts his hand over your face, and then uh, which is pretty cool. And yeah, then it's, so, it's scary. I don't, the guy he fights the guy a little bit and then he gets off yeah like you said he runs into the hedges so this is pretty cool because he gets the you know he gets up and and uh now he's got the flashlight and they got it lit up just enough where you can see these in the hedges and they've got the light a little bit on the walkway where you can see the stones like some stones where he's on the pathway so it's nicely lit but not too much, you know what I mean? It's not like there's a light there, but it's like, you know, it could be the moon lighting it, you know? And it's just enough for them to run through, just enough where we can see what's going on, but it's still spooky yeah. dark. And yeah, it's still shat. everything's kind of shrouded in shadows, but it's not. We don't know what's going on, but it's still not black. We, You know, it's like we can't see a fucking thing. You know, they got enough light on it with the, you know, the leaves, the leaves on the, uh, on the hedge are kind of twinkling, you know? And so it's, it's yeah. cool. It's cool. Well twinkling lit. in the moonlight. Right, right. Twinkling in the moonlight. Everybody. Anyway, so he's. So he's <laughs> and um, hey, leave it to so, me to be the the one to first break out into song and not you, man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just let you go. You were doing better. So he was, <laughs> oh, hell no, I wasn't. <laughs> so he's there, and basically, it's you know, yeah, he's got the flashlight and the shit's going on. He knows somebody's there. He didn't know what the fuck to do. He didn't know where he's at. He's kind of lost. He's making an awful lot of noise. The note I made is that Peter makes an awful lot of noise for a guy who's supposed to be hiding. Right, hiding. In this <laughs> but he's there. It's like he's lost too. You know, he's in this maze. Of course. Yeah, I think got a little discombobulated. I'm like, I'm sure he probably knew the layout of the land. But in the dark and being, you know, all shook up, I'm sure he was probably, you know. There's a good scene where the guy, you see, like, the creature kind of, like, in the background. And he sees him, and then he backs up into these bushes, like, oh, shit. So then he goes running, and you think he's getting away, but he's actually running. So was he scared by the one guy, and then the other guy was waiting for him? Or was the guy that quick that he got over there? I think that's the first time, like, in the movie where I, at least, like, back in the day when I first watched it, when I was just like, there's two killers. Because right. that one killer jotted off to the right while, right. you know, Peter made a, his way off to the left, made it about five running steps and run right into the killer and gets a scythe in his chest for his troubles. And the first guy you see 
It does look like he's in the you know, obviously a silhouette, but you do it does look like he's got longer hair. And yeah, when he, yeah. He goes through the maze, and then it's definitely the younger guy that gets him with the scythe. Yep, uh, yep, yeah. Show a close up on his face, so we get a good shot of him, and it's like, oh shit, you know. And so he's got, so he gets the scythe, so he's out. So then now we're back, and uh, so that was a good scene. That whole scene was good. It was scary. Yeah, yeah. And, it's uh, really at, at this point where it, it starts to. Uh, and this is just a minor complaint, but it starts to lag a little bit. It gets way too much, like, you know, creeping shots and, like, this getting to know you stuff between Marty and Jeff and D- Denise and Seth. Like, by this point, I feel like they already had known each other enough and we didn't need more exposition with that. They could have cut, like, 15 minutes of this out. Yeah, I agree 100%. Because it's kind of like... Yeah, they kind of keep going back to this bedroom. They're all just, they're just both kind of still just sitting in this room. Now, maybe they wouldn't know what to do or where to go. And, you know, but because they don't right, know, right. they don't know if people are being killed yet. And so, you know, so to them, there's still this thing going on. So they might just hang out in the room. But yeah, it gets a little bit like, it gets it's a, a little long. Much. It's a little, it's a little long in the tooth. Yeah. You know? It's like, all right. Little editing, little editing. It didn't need to be an hour and 45 minutes. It could have been a tight hour and 30 and would probably. Yeah, it could have been an hour and 30 and been right, right dead nuts. But, but anyway, you know, it's still, it's still, even though it's a little, you know, long with some of that stuff, it doesn't, to me, it still rolls along. Okay. But there's some stuff. It's kind of like, like, you know, you look at it and you think when you're looking like, yeah. Like the whole conversation between Marty uh, talking about believing in ghosts, but she calls out Jeff for believing that he saw an elf one time. You know, right, just right, like, yeah. It's a cute story. <laughs> I mean, it's a cute little story, but it's just like, you know, get back to the killers. Get back to killing. I think writers sometimes, because I've, I've done this. Oh, I'm guilty of it myself. <laughs> you, get, you, get, you kind of like dig in the characters. And and you write a conversation scene, and you know how it is. They sometimes just start talking to each other, and you're just typing away while you're listening to them talk. And you yeah. just uh, and you just start typing, you know, like because you know, and and, and now they kind of know each other in your head, so they naturally have these conversations. So you just start typing this cool stuff, but it's cool. But then when it goes to filming, it's like meh. Yeah, you know, like, you know, they have that whole scene in there, you know, all that. Sometimes you just got to, yeah, at least as, as far as I'm concerned, I, like, I get uh, hung up on certain characters, and I, like, I want to get to know them as much right. as, like, the, everybody else does. But it's just, like, sometimes you just got to know, is this, like, does it move the story along anymore? Does it move right. the story forward? But, like, I get caught up with that being a writer myself. It's just, like, I'm, you know, this, this conversation is absolutely necessary. And, right. You know. Exactly. It's, it's imperative it that this happens. And it may be, right? So, I don't know. It's just one of yeah. those things that you got to. You know, it's a minor complaint. It's like like you said earlier, it's a little long in the tooth. And and and, and we don't even know. It could have been even longer, and they did cut some. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It could have been other shit where they even said, you know, hey, man. <laughs> so we, get, we, we got we, 13 pages talking about hey, elves. What the hell about, is this? How about, how about page 93 to 98? We just get, lose that part, you know, when they're, you know, they're, I mean, there could be shit we don't know about that did get cut. And uh, no, that's all I want cut. Don't you know? I want it uh, that. You know, right, gotta you have all. Know. Gotta have all that other stuff. But but it, it you know it's not a, it's nothing like or a, 
you know, some stuff you're like, oh god, it almost kind of fucks the movie up a little bit. It isn't. It's not like it's it's nowhere near that in this. It's, it's no, it it's, doesn't fuck the movie up. It just slows it, it down it, a little bit. Right. It's just right. It, it wait. You know, it's it's like a little bit. You know, but it's not. It's not. But it's funny. That I'm sure if we had ten people watching this, like one night, we're all sitting around watching it. All ten of us would have agreed to the same thing. <laughs> all ten people would have said, "Oh yeah." So why why are we talking about ghosts and elves? Is this a Christmas movie? That we're going to be Christmas killer with elves? <laughs> but, yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that either. But you know, like yeah. but, you know, some of the walking around stuff was a little too long and stuff. So it was kind of like, all right, it just you know. needed to be tightened. I just felt like it was really, it was an oddly paced film. You know, in retrospect, watching it, this I watched it twice for this review watch. Uh, but, like, the first 30 minutes is tight. Like, when it starts off with that the scream and the party and everything's moving fast. And you get to, you know, Garth Manor within the first five minutes. And then, you know, the story is set off. That first, like, first act, it moves so fast. So then when it kind of slows down here at this point, it almost feels like it comes to a halt. Just for a few minutes. It was just like... But then, you know, the kills start building up and it picks back speed back up. It's just a lull, you know? It's a lull. And it's interesting because when you when you know the movie, you think there's a lot of this, like, it's kind of plodding along here, kind of kind of slow. Seth's still got to get it. He's going to do his escape. You know, he's got he's got stuff he's yeah. got to do in town that we're going to get to here in a minute. But it's like Denise you know, gets taken. I mean, yeah, because look, Denise gets taken, you know, and everything. Yeah, he's he goes right. off on a uh, an adventure. Right. There's an adventure. There's a lot going on here that still has to get going. <laughs> you, it's like, like it's almost like okay, it's it's time to get to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is back, so- and now back to the story. Right, and back to <laughs> uh, and and the that's the end of. Of uh, of uh, of Cameron and Tom's whining section, <laughs> we're gonna wine and dine you. We're gonna give you some cheese to go with that wine. Right, some cheese. Yes, there'll be some cheese with the whining. So, uh, <laughs> but when he when they do decide to get the hell out of there and they start finding out shit's going on, uh, well, did we miss over the part? Well, we um, get, we get, the right. next scene after after Peter get, gets is it goes back to D- Denise and uh, Seth are still kind of fooling around a little bit. I think he, he had, they fooled around again. It's kind of a weird edit because he had passed out before, but now right. he, he's awake and they're kind of fooling around. And he gets up, I think it's post-coital, and just goes to use the restroom. He, he goes the, to use the restroom and... Uh, and that's kind of a funny scene too. And I like when he's talking to himself in the mirror. What's that line he said? <laughs> he goes, "Oh, I can't remember." Oh, I do it. remember though. Previous to this, he peeled off the fake mustache. Finally, that he was wearing his Robin Hood, and he that was bo- that was bothering that me. He was he did that when he was going to tell her about surfing. He yeah, yeah. That. He put those off, but he goes in the bathroom and he says something to himself after he takes a piss. Oh, I forget what it was. It was kind of funny. Uh-huh. I should have really- but, the killers, uh, the kill, one of the killers is at least is a peeper because he, you get that like another lurker point of view shot where you just hear the heavy breathing. The, but it's a really good scene because what he does, and this is really cool, it's really scary. There's a POV shot of her laying on the bed and she's kind of laid out like in the middle of the bed. She's fully dressed. She's still got her shoes on that. 
you know, she's got her guard. You know, I mean, she's not naked at all, but she's laying in the middle of the bed. Mm-hmm. And he, you see the point of view. Obviously, the killer is walking into the room, and he, because you know, it's already been established that homie's in the bathroom, and she's she's laying there. And then when they go back, they uh, they, they do they do a cool shot where they show. Like she wakes up, they show this really cool shot from the corner of the bed. You don't see the face, but you see somebody standing there looking down at her. And that's that yeah, a shot like from over, not literally over his shoulder, but from behind him. It like booms yeah. back wider, and he's just and, like standing it's over really her. Scary! It's creepy because it's just like you know somebody's there, but that you never really see a shot like that. Like you know the killer watching. Like like it's really cool because she's laying there. And it's just like scary as fuck. And then the candles are on. She's just there. It's like it's so you're so vulnerable. Like you're sleeping. You know what I mean? In this, in this. Yeah. It, 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 well, it, it plays upon that fear. And I know, like, I think most people are probably have at least a little bit of this fear of someone watching you while you sleep. Oh yeah. It, it plays into a very real, realistic kind of fear. And it's just like, ooh. Yeah. You would not want to wake up and see this motherfucker standing right. over you, staring at you like that. Yeah. Well, and then they do another cool shot. You see his hands, the shadow of his hands going over her face. Like you don't see the hands yet. You just see like she's laying there sleeping, and you can see like you know on her skin, <clears throat> you can see the shadows of his fingers, and it's creepy. It's like oh shit. And then she wakes up, and then as she goes to scream, he grabs her and covers her mouth. Yeah, another hand over the face. They like that shot. They do it several times in this movie. I- and it's really good in this scene. And then it goes right to a cut of, of Seth, like pulling down the old school kind of chain to- flushed toilet. He I have a question. This place was supposed to have no modern amenities, um, but it had indoor plumbing. Did not they have gas, it. did not have electric or a phone, but it had indoor plumbing. They didn't have it. an outhouse. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it was probably like, hey, you know what? We don't need to show him going out and using the shitter. <laughs> right. It would, it would be too much of a, a stretch of the imagination. The suspension of disbelief wouldn't buy it that the guy went right. outside to get, take a dump. Right. <laughs> they could always have pissing in a corner or something. But anyway, so he, but they show him, and uh, so he does his little line, which I wish I could remember. He goes, um, he, and uh, so now when he goes back, uh, the bed looks a little different. Like it's all kind of bunched up, pillows are everywhere. He, he gets in under the covers. And now uh, this is a pretty cool shot because he comes. Oh right yeah, it's a great scene. Bed, and then when he he's he kind of reaches over and he touches the top of the comforter, and, and he feels and, something weird, doesn't he? Yeah, he feels <laughs> something kind of weird, and it's kind of you know, he's like laying over his eyes open. He gets up, and then when he pulls the covers back, okay, there's a severed head laying there. But what's wicked about it? It's not Denise's severed head. You no, know, it's it's like, May West. It, it's Mae West's severed head, the blonde, the other blonde, her, Denise is kind of red-haired. It's the blonde girl that was killed the first scene when, remember, we showed the quick cut of, like, the thing. Well, that's her. Yep, when she, that's her head laying in the bed next to him. So now that would sh- shit anybody's pants. I mean, I couldn't even imagine And I that. think he does. I think, uh, you know, I I, I, I I didn't have smell-o-vision on my DVD, but I, I think I think uh, Vincent Van Patten shit himself with the I, way I he think, screamed. So he screams, he gets up, and now next door, you know, we got we got uh, Marty and, and Jeff. Jeff grabs the gun. Now, you know, it's like, oh, shit, that was Seth. 
now they go in and it's, you know, and now Seth's already run out of the room. So now they're going down the halls, like, you know, trying to find Seth. And he's just fucking losing it. He's coming oh, yeah, out As the- you would. You know, one, not only is your girl gone, but she's been replaced by a severed head. I mean, there's some, right. some fuckery afoot. Right. And then uh, Jeff looks into the room. He sees, you know, he sees Mace's head, and they see, and, you know, and so now it's just like, oh, my God. So now everybody's running, like, now, you know, this is the moment, like, oh, fuck, you know, the shit's going on, you know. I mean, I mean, if that wasn't enough. So now they're running through the house. Uh, fucking, basically, Seth is like, you know, I'm getting the fuck out of here, you know. I'll come back, and, you know, I'll bring help back. I'm, I'm going. Like, you know, I'm going, I'm leaving, you know, like, fuck. <laughs> And so it's, you know, so he's running to the front gate. He grabs. Yeah, he's, ha- he's hearing nothing of it. I mean, like, they're, he barely gives them the information that Denise is gone and May's dead. And they're, he's right. just like, he's, he's making the most, like, realistic reaction. Like, this is what we would do. He grabs a gun down and starts blasting the lock, which is what we show in the first thing. When Peter had the gun, when they, all the people were there, he shot the lock off. But then now they realize there's blanks in the gun. And mm-hmm. now, so now the gate will obviously will is locked, and he can't get out of it. Now this gate is pretty tall. It's got like the black wrought iron thing with the big pointy. Oh head. yeah, it's got to be at least like 12, 14 foot. Yeah, tall. I mean this is something that you're gonna be strong as fuck to try to hold grip on these things and pull yourself up. Yeah, because wrought iron fencing. Not only that, but each one is like like fastened with like a spear like tip right. every rung. They show that it's quite sharp. So he takes his boots off, and he's climbing up the thing. And then now Marty's trying to do the same thing, and of course she can't do it. And uh, he can barely do it, Seth, even though he's like surfer strength and he's all in great shape. But he's having a hell of a time getting up to the top. Yeah, he messes himself up. Doesn't he? Like he cuts his hand open off the first time attempt. There's really nowhere to put your hand except on one of those fucking spear tips. So he's trying to like pull himself up and hold on to this tip. So he cuts his hand and they show the blood and he lifts his hammock. So it's just like, it's bad. Like he's got no choice. Like magic. Yeah, grabbing, it's either that or just wait. Imagine <laughs> grabbing a razor blade and like having to pull yourself up. So he's pulling himself up with these spears. And then he's trying to get his leg over. There's a joke earlier about if you try to climb this thing, you may lose your nuts. So we remember that from Peter. So he's going there, and then his arm gets caught because he's got the big flailing white shirt on from the his Robin Hood costume. So now he's kind of right, a little bit right. trying to lift his arm up. You can see some blood coming up off of it. Yeah, he gets poked in the shoulder and the arm a little bit. So, he so, cracked, so you know, they pull the thing out. There's blood there, and it's like ah, you know, it's like. He's but not he gets, like mortally wounded either by any means. No, he's, he's not. You know, he, he's but still, cut. he's he's bleeding from two different spots, getting cut up. One of them is his hand. So they throw the boots over to him because he does make it. And he drops all the way down, which must have killed his balls of his feet. Like I can't even imagine. And he so he lands. So yeah, so he makes it. He drops all the way down, lands on his feet. Uh, Jeff throws his boots over to him. He puts his boots on. He promises to come back. He goes running down the fucking road. So now this is the part of the movie that you <laughs> you had an issue about, which I did too. It's like, why in the fucking hell would you go back into the house? Because yeah. remember, Jeff and Marty are still stuck behind the fence. Like now, we got Seth. He's running down the street to get help. 
Is he going to come back? Is he going to keep running? Are we going to see him again? We don't know, right? Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it's like he he may just run for himself and never come back and be you know, a little self-centered him. asshole. But he doesn't. He does come back. But they don't know. So so now they're – and it's a good – good. it's like handheld, like somebody's walking toward the mansion. And so as you can tell, it's, it's handheld. And it's all kind of moving up and down. And the music's really cool. And it's like almost like, you know, like the verboding, the scary – well, the music kind of drops out of the the scene for a bit, and it's just like the the creaking of boards in the house, and you know the wind blowing. Walking, it's all ambient noise. They're walking back to it, like it's almost like, why would you go in there? Of course, you know, obviously they have to. Well, to me, it's just like I would stay outside and maybe hoping to catch a passerby by the gate, somewhere near that fence, or hid somewhere. I would not have gone back to that. Son yeah, of- I mean, because like obviously, you know, they're protected if if they're in the house. They, you know, they they can lock themselves in a in a room or something like that. But to me, I think to myself, a way out is a way in. You I'm know, right. and, and, and stay outside, stay out in the open where you can see somebody coming for you. I would have stayed outside and and look for a weapon. I would I don't care if it was a I would look for a weapon. I would have looked for a way over another way over the gate around that whole fucking compound. I would have found something. I, yeah, I would have, you know. And so anyway, so now they're back in the house. <laughs> <laughs> dummies, um, dummies go back in the house, yeah. Well, we got to go back in the house. So they're back in the house like now they're walking around now. And obviously they know that, you know, that there's killers, a killer or something's going on. There's something going on in the house, but we're so we're back in the house, and uh, so they're now it's you know they got the candle in the hand and walking slowly back up the steps. You're going back up the um, they're going back up the steps. Uh, this is where they find Scott's body, isn't it? Hanging uh, outside the window. Yeah, what they hear is they hear like a clicking, like a click, 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 click. click. Well, this is what we hear. What they do find is Scott hanging and the little plastic bird on his shoulders because it's the wind and he's waving back and forth his body. Fucking bird. The head of the plastic parrot clicking on the glass. <laughs> it's it's comical. Cool. I love it. I love it. That fucking bird is it's it's, it's a sight of uh, it's, a, it's a sore sight for me, but I, I love it. I love that part at least. I, I like that they don't just assume that we know it's the bird. They show the bird's head hitting the glass. You know, yeah. his body his body is basically he's you know, he's obviously strung up and he's dead, but he's his body is like swaying a little bit. And so the body from the wind. So it's kinda like his shoulder is like tapping the glass and of course that bird's head is hitting the glass. But I like it because you don't see it at first, but all you hear is the clicking. Like what is yeah. this clicking? noise so we're like we have no idea until we see it and then it's like oh that fucking bird <laughs> somebody somebody in, in in the production department of that movie loved that fucking bird because it's, it's so it should almost have its own fucking top billing they bought they they should have a cast name on it the bird they bought they probably bought it at a pick and save somewhere in one of those you know when you buy the fake you buy the fake flowers and the bakes the fake things where you can build your own yeah. little <laughs> probably Put a parrot on there, you know, with the little, uh, it's probably got a little, uh, the pipe cleaner wire feet. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Cheap little fucker. Right. So anyway, so we're getting the, we're getting the long walk 
this is the scene where there are a lot of creeping around. Not much going on other than we do see Scott. Um, his body. But then we do, and, 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 and the bird, of course, tapping the glass. So that's a pretty cool scene, though. So there, and um, then now we get to see it, it does cut away from that. And uh, you see Scott running through the town. Oh, Seth, Seth, Seth. Seth, I'm not, I'm not, it's not Scott, Seth. Scott's not doing anything. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> Seth, see, see, Seth, I, I should have called him Wes. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> Seth, is, Seth is running through the neighborhood, and he's basically knocking on doors and, you know, trying to get some help. And uh, well, I think he goes back at one point to the frat. The, I think, the, yeah, But everybody's yeah. passed out or gone. That might be what he's pounding on. I don't remember, but, but I remember he's pounding on the door. And then he sees a car. He sees a car, and then there, it's full of a bunch of fucked up drunk kids. And they drive by him, and somebody calls him an asshole or something, tears off. So they don't. Oh yeah, he's back at the. Yeah, he does go back to the. Uh, he does go back to the. Uh, you see the outside of it, the Alpha Sigma Rho. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, and they, yeah, that, so they do that, and then you see that car kind of creep around. He goes to help, and they're all fucked up. They're driving, and it looks like an old Lincoln or something. And they just drive past him, and like basically fuck you, you know? They don't. They're not helping him. So he's yeah, standing very little help. Right. He's standing on the road like, what the fuck? You know. So poor dude, he's still running through town looking for help. And um this is pretty this, cool. Goes, is this where it cuts back to them in the in the maze? Does it cut back to Jeff in the maze, or is that later on? Uh it goes back to I think they go back, he opens a window and they're standing there, they're back, she's back sitting on the bed. It's back to one of those scenes. And he's he opens up a window and he's they're talking about whatever the fuck they're talking about. I don't remember what the conversation was. <laughs> but uh, but there he's standing there and I think this is just before he goes out into the maze. Uh, this is because that's where he find he's kind of lurking. Jeff is not lurking, but he's he's just making his way through the maze, and that's where he finds like. the pitchfork right right that's where he gets his weapon so he's i think he's getting ready to go out there he also hurts his leg oh no that's later on he, he yeah that's him. later that's much later on but yeah and so yeah he's now because now uh he grabs i think he grabs a candle and he's leaving and she's like pleading with him or something i don't know what it is but yeah that's where he's going he's going out there and they hug and all that shit and it's a typical deal but this is where so now he's wandering around like you said he's going through the maze and he does find that you're right, the pitchfork. And he finds um, Peter's dead body because I thought the makeup was really done really well. Like the color had gone out of Peter's skin. Yeah. It was really well done. Yeah. And isn't, isn't this, uh, yeah, they do. And then they show a, a foreshadowing. Isn't this where you see the keys to the yes. gate? Peter's They're still gripping. Yeah. But still in Peter's dead misses, hand. Right. He misses that. Like he doesn't see that, but we see it. It's like, oh, okay, there's the keys. But he 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 keeps going, and uh, he's got the pitchfork, and then he he has a he has a run in with uh, is that back in the house or is that in the maze? Well, he has a no, he has a run in with the, the the killer tries to grab him through the hedge, and he runs back and go, he escapes him. I'm not sure which killer it was because it's you, know, you just see like the arm and the hand, but right. uh, the Jeff runs back into the house and barricades himself back into the bedroom where right. Marty was waiting for him. That's what happens. 
But yeah, now he was going to look for another way out of uh, out of the house because that's that's the point when he left uh, Linda Blair's character alone. That's where Patty said, "Like I would not be having that. You are not leaving me alone." Right. Leaving like, me, motherfucker. Right. That's exactly why I want to save you. Where the hell do you think you're going? <laughs> you're going anywhere. You're bringing me, man. <laughs> so yeah. So and uh, so basically, where are we at now? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He sees the key. This is when, yeah, Seth is still hanging up. Uh, not Seth, uh, fucking, uh, Peter's still hanging up. And then, so you see the key's pretty obvious is dangling off his finger. And, uh, and that's what he meant. Oh, but then we click, then he sees it. He finds the flashlight too. And now he makes a beeline back to the, um, he makes a beeline back to the, uh, to the, to the house. Then we yeah. cut to, we cut back to Seth. Now Seth is at the police station, so you think, okay, cool, he's there, and uh, you know. It's and of course, be- the cops are no fucking help. Of course, they're, yeah, they're like they're pissed at him. They're gonna throw him in jail because he's he's one of those alpha kids that are causing all the trouble. Yeah, so he- like you know, we got enough from your fraternity brothers, you know, to, to keep us busy for the night. Do you want to you want to sleep in the drunk tank? No. <laughs> right, and you know, it's obvious he's got a cut on his shirt. Got blood, you know, so it's obviously the kids in there. And the cops ain't got nothing to do. They don't even give a shit. But this is a cool scene. This is kind of funny because there's a door a little bit open. And he can see a table full of guns, which would not. It, and it looks like confiscated weapons. Right. And it's like yeah. they would not just be, like, exposed like that. But there it is. He, yeah. <laughs> he, he goes in the room. He closes the door. This is a great scene. He's on. This is one of the reasons I love this character so much. He's so good at He's this. very proactive. He's like, he's going back for his fucking friends, and he's going to bust him out, man. He's like an action guy, like an action hero. Like, he's like, you could see fucking, you know, Bruce Willis doing this in Die Hard. Like, you know, like he's <laughs> in the room, he's going to load a gun up. You know, fuck it, you know, I'm taking a gun. You know what I mean? Yeah, the cops were no help, but they did supply him with a load of shotguns. So, right. you know, I mean, there's he that. The gun. He's loading the shotgun up. I love it. He's putting the bullets in himself. And then... uh they show a scene where a cops on the phone, and then he's climbing up out of a window in the background. I love it. So he gets, <laughs> so he takes off running. So now we're like, all right. So our our hero is gonna he's coming back. He got a gun, and now it's gonna get you know something good's gonna happen. So now we're back, you know, with the in the house shit. They're back in the bedroom. This is a pretty creepy scene because he's got the pitchfork. She's laying on a bed, but then there's somebody somebody under a. It's almost like the scene from Halloween with the dude or with the dude PJ Souls and boyfriend there is in the fucking oh yeah Bob eat right well he's in this like he's under a carpet he comes up out of the ground yeah like, he's up, just slowly rising up in the background from the floor this is a great favorite scene. I remember that I was like ooh that's fucking favorite scene fuck. of the movie favorite little sequence of, of the oh, film man, that's creepy as shit so they're looking the other way she's laying on the bed he's got the pitchfork and this guy is creeping over. Real quick, you know, like we're not real quick. He's creeping over slowly in the, with the rug on him, and then she looks and turns around, and of course she's screaming. And uh, Jeff gets up. He's got the pitchfork, and he gets busy. He's you know he's not fucking around. He's just starts stabbing the shit out of this motherfucker. It's a little wonk, wonkily. Uh, I don't know if that's even a word, wonkily, but wonky cor- choreographed. But like he he gets him. It's just like he's not exactly action hero style, but you know he, he gets the guy. He gets him. He gets him. It's funny though, because what happens is he lets go of the pitchfork, and now the guy, the pitchfork's kind of wobbling around, and he's just kind of thrashing around, and it he falls to the floor, and, and this is this is the you're talking about this being wonky. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 post stabbing. Right. right. So he he pulls up. You think he's still on the floor because the rug's kind of bunched up, but it's weird. It's because it's kind of like he pulls up the pitchfork, 
and then he kind of taps the rug, and then we realize yep. that they lift the rug up that he's gone back through the floor. So <laughs> it's kind of. <laughs> I was just like, how did you not know that he went? They look so surprised, like, oh, he must have went down there. Like, well, where the fuck else did he go? <laughs> right, right, right. He's well. He's not under the carpet, you know. So. Like, <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's a little wonky, but it, it actually got it makes me laugh every time. So I, I, I dig it. I dig it. Right. It's a little bit of the cheese there. But yeah, and we serve up our pies with extra cheese around here. So it, it's all good. So the extra cheese, no charge, folks. There it was. Yep. So, um, but it's, it's cool. It's a good setup because, first of all, the scare was cool with him coming up out of the ground. Whoever thought of that, that was good. With that fucking rug on, that was scary. Yeah, that anyway, was that was a, that was one of those Halloween screams where you know Michael Myers when he raises up and he sits up and he looks over and you know Jamie Lee's in the hallway. You know, it was like one of those things, like ah, you know, like what the it's fuck? It's like yeah, you're literally going behind you, motherfuckers, behind, behind you, behind you. <laughs> behind you, turn your head. You know, I love that. That was a great scene. So anyway, so now they're they they come they go down the stairs. Which I wouldn't have done. <laughs> I would have put something over. I do him. like though. He, he's like, I'm going down there. You stay right here. She's like, Hell no, I'm going no, with you. Right, this, you, right. you left me alone once. Fuck off, dude. I, I'm not gonna sit around and wait for this fucker to come back. So, <laughs> yeah, anyway, so and me without the pitchfork, you're gonna go. Right, like, right. Okay, you know, no, exactly. no. So it's cool. They go down uh, there. This is pretty cool. The way all this was shot when they get down in there. It's, it's like they're in the bowels of hell. It looks yeah, like the, the tunnels, like in, in the underground scene in um, uh, House of Thousand Corpses. Right. That's what I was going to say. It, it reminded me of that. I love all that. It's when it, the, it's kind of, it's like the wooded part. And then there's like, the, and then it's like cavernous. Like, you know, yeah, it looks, I mean, it looks like something that was dug out by hand, you know. Right. It's like stone, a little bit of cinder block, brick. You know, it's like this, like somebody built this, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, very crudely. And, uh, but, uh, but it's functional. Like, you know, you can get through these passageways and it's good. You know, it's cool. It, it looks cool. It's lit really cool when they're running through it. Um, so it's the usual thing, you know, they're stopping, they're looking, they're going to go through this next thing. She says something, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's just the old, you know, really slow walking through this thing. Yeah, but it slows it, down a little bit, but it, it's so so uh it's got so much character that this yeah it does it it looks so good your just eyes are just taking it all in now they reach this table which is pretty cool there's like a table where like everybody that's been killed is and plus some like well not everybody's been killed but well yeah well you this is where you get to see denise you finally get to see her fate we we had no hope that she was going to be alive but we finally get some closure there but now we get to see her and then we see like people that have been there for ages. Their, their corpses are just all mummified, and and oh, they're covered in rats, real rats crawling all over them. Aches and rats, and I mean it's it's a great, that's a great scene. I mean that's you know that's like you see that like holy fuck. But then it gets even worse because you know now there's now they see there's a long shot of the big fella coming at them, and uh, so now they're running through these tunnels, which is cool. And so it's the cuts, you know, the cameras chasing behind Linda Blair and of course now we're getting the POV looking back and the guy coming toward them so it's just a good shot it's good they go to run up some stairs 
And uh, yeah, I think then he falls. This one didn't this where he hurts himself or something. He hurts. Yeah, well, um, one of the killers. Yeah, one of the killers catches up to him, and they both take a tumble, and they both like leap down to the bottom of the the stairs because he's got the pitchfork, and you know, thankfully, if he didn't have the pitchfork, they'd probably be goners. But this is where Peter messes up his leg. Right. This is not not Peter. Not Peter. uh, Jeff. So he makes his name is Peter. Yeah. Right. He, may, he makes his way back up the steps. He's still got the pitchfork. Linda kind of, Marty grabs his arm, kind of helps him up. They find that one stone hatchway door that can open. They figure that out. So they kind of, so now they get outside and they're outside the place. And then they, they stick the pitchfork through those rings so it won't open again. It's trapping the big dude. They can't eat. So he can't get out that way. Yeah, the least blocked one way out, but he, he's going to get out. He's going to get out one way or another. Right. He's not right. <laughs> he's dumb. <laughs> but this is one of the one of the this one of my favorite scenes coming up is when Seth uh, cuts back to Seth. You know, on his you know he's he's on a on his way back to the house. He's you know he's making a beeline back to the Garth Manor. Right. And Got he steals shoot. a car. Yes, and the car. Yeah, go ahead and explain the key. The, the car thing, it's fucking great. I love it. Yeah, because he goes to steal it, and the guy's like, you know, he just sees a guy getting it. He's like, hey, get get out the car. I need it. You know, basically, I need this car worse than you do. And the guy's like, well, I'm not, uh, you know, you're, you're not going to get away with this. I'm going to call the police. He's like, great. I'm heading to Garth Manor. Tell him to meet me there. And he throws no, a shot. Right, right. <laughs> I think that was like, you know, I mean, one, he's already going to be in table, uh, or not a table, on, he's already going to be in trouble for stealing a gun from police lockup. And, you know, he, he, they're going to find out eventually. And, you know, he, he might as well, like, have the – it's a smart move, you know. One, you get the car, he's going to get back to there quicker. And, you know, if the cops meet him there, you know, then he can, like, kind of prove what's been going on. Although they'll probably, you know, if that was the way the story went, they probably would have blamed him for all the murders and Seth and Ben. Right. Either but either way, those fucking cops would have finally shown up, you know. Yeah, yeah, they would have finally done I something. Mean, I didn't get a cop in this town, huh? How many people got to get killed? For that? Like, I guess you got to you got to steal a car at gunpoint, but that's, yeah, that's, I guess. You, that's the only way to get their attention. That's the, what you got to do. Yeah, you got to get the concerned citizen who's going to call the cops from a payphone. It's like it's yeah, all, yeah it was pretty pretty smart. Like, yeah, tell them I'm going to great, you know, whatever manner. Uh, Garth uh, Manor, yeah. yeah, that's it, Garth Manor. So you know, so so he gets the car, and uh, I actually. Actually, yeah, that was a pretty cool scene. That would have been cool. He could have took the guy with him too. Like, hey, I'll I'll drive it. You get in this passenger seat. <laughs> okay, you know, it would have been. <laughs> it would have been guy. You know, well, then, then maybe he was just like, I don't need a kidnapping charge. I'm bad enough <laughs> Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> but uh, but that was a good scene. Yeah, that was what that was another favorite scene. But anyway, so there's, he gets- little, there's little bits of comedy like that in this movie that I appreciate the sense of humor that it yeah. has. Yeah, there was. There wasn't, and it wasn't like like forest comedy, like, oh, here's the funny, like somebody trying to be funny. It was just naturally just kind of funny. It wasn't right. ham-fisted. It wasn't like, you know, like, right. you know, you know, the, you know yeah. it, was, it was, yeah, ham-fisted, which is good. It yeah, it, 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 just, it's, it seemed yeah. well, like well-placed humor, I thought. But anyway. I, I, I agree. And, uh, and uh, so what is funny, though, is when he gets back, he leaves the car. Um, I think he turns it off, or I don't know if he turns it. Yeah, he does turn it off because turns it off. Yeah, he leaves the headlights on, which uh, you know it's always like to me like oh you gotta you know the, what about the battery? 
you know, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> so, but, he, but he leaves the lights on. But this was funny because if they had walked around the outside of the gate before they went back in the house, they would have seen, what does he find? One yeah. of the wrong iron things are bent, so he doesn't have to climb back over the fence. He can slide right through there and get back yep. in. Yep. See, that's what I meant. If they had just stayed outside <laughs> and searched, they wouldn't have to come back inside that fucking and house. We couldn't have had the movie that we did watch, so we got to remember Yeah, exactly. That. Yeah, we yeah. wouldn't have the ending that we have, and it's a pretty magnificent ending. Cameron and Tom, you know, we knew better, but we also, we, you know, we can't, you know, get, you know, would have ended the movie. You know, you know why they didn't do that? Because it was not wrote in the script. Exactly. There's this thing called a script. So, so now he's now it's another scene, you know, going through the shadowy grounds. He's got the shotgun in his hand, and he's a badass man. He's got a shotgun. He's coming back for his buddies. He didn't have to go back, but he did. So he's he back. Ran. He could have ran. He could have ran back. You know, he could have went somewhere. He could have done something. But he's back there with a shotgun that he stole from the police and and stole a car. And he's back to get his. Friends. He's a good friend. I dig this this character. I you know, surfer stoner. He's not just some you know, dumb hey dude. You know, it's like dude. He just fucking dude. He's like gonna get his. He's gonna get his friends out. And I dig it. Cool. Yep. So he's now he's, he's creeping up. And this is a cool scene too because he 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 gets up there and he's and he's creeping around. And uh, uh, he does run in. This is he runs in to. Uh, how, how does what happens? It, it, it well, he he runs into oh, one of the two the guards. Right. Yeah, the I think it's the older one the by, older by the hair. Yeah, it's it's the long haired one he runs into. So he's got the gun because they kind of wrestle around. You know, they wrestle around for the gun. They they because, because the guy the the old good timer grabs him by the neck and lifts him up while he's holding the shotgun. He breaks away from the guy and then he then he loses the shotgun. Now he's wrestling around with the old timer. Yeah, because they're going up and down those they're going uh, up those stone steps. steps the, yeah, yeah, it's pretty hard. Like you know, you're rolling around on these steps. The stuff people in this movie to deserve to be recognized because they do some rough and tumble shit. Yeah, they yeah exactly. And what it is a cool scene though because he gets to the top of the steps, he almost gets the gun and he gets dragged away by his ankles. He gets up the steps and breaks away again, almost gets to the gun, gets dragged by his ankles twice. Third time he gets up there, he gets the gun. Turns around his back and then shoots the guy, and the guy goes into the pond. Yeah, point-blank range, center mass. He hits him hard. (laughs) Hits him hard. Dude's laying in the thing. Can't see him. He's looking down. (laughs) But wait, there's more. (laughs) No, like, okay, you know the dude ain't dead. But he goes down to look, you know, even though he should be dead, and by all means, like, shotgun to the chest. Now you're laying in the water. So, like, you're, you know, anybody else would have been dead. Yeah, but... Yeah, he pops back up with a good screen, but fake. It's a kind of a fake out. But Seth was ready for that shit, and he shotguns him again, point blank range this time. Point blanks range him, fucking blows him back into the pond. And then this is kind of weird because then he walks in, and the guy he's kind of floating there on top of the water, and he and he he takes the time to pull him out, like he drags him out of the pond onto the like kind of. Just, I don't know if he just did it. To, like, I don't left his ass in there, but he drug him out. I, I guess he needed to for the movie. But yeah, he, drag, yeah. he drags him out so he's kind of in the walkway of the stairwell, you know, the stairs. So he drags him. He kind of, he just kind of half drags him out. He just kind of flops him down there. 
and then he's looking at him, making sure he's dead. And then, uh, and so the guy's not moving. So now he's had two shotgun shells to the chest. So now, uh, dude is making a beeline to the house. Yeah, uh, he storms through that front door, and he calls out. Well, I don't right. think Marty and Jeff are there at the time. I think he calls for them, he and they come running. They come out, and then Jeff's like limping real bad. Like he can, he can hardly move. He fucked his leg up, and so. This is a pretty cool scene because you're thinking like, okay, you know the other guy's around. What happened? He's got a shotgun, and then all of a sudden, whoop, he gets fucking, the hand comes out from behind a pillar and just grabs Seth, and all of a sudden, Seth's gone. Like, well, oh, you know, fuck. he keeps saying, I killed him. I shot him dead. That He's dead. We're, we're safe. Right. Let's get out of here. And like, yeah, but are you really? Are you really safe? Right. But this is a cool scene because the door is open, like the moonlight or whatever is coming through, and this is a cool scene where they show... Seth gets grabbed. Now you don't know where Seth is, but the shotgun gets slid back out. After it goes off. It goes off in the darkness. Yes, I'm sorry. I missed that part. Yeah, you're right. You see the flash of the shotgun and, of course, the sound. So it's like, oh, my God, who got killed? Was it Seth? Did he kill him? Did he kill Seth? And the shotgun comes sliding out. And there's this one freeze moment where where Marty and Jeff look down the thing and they're looking. You just see the shotgun. And it's tension. It's like, should we go down and get it? And then she 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 mans up to go get it. And the poor dude, you know, you tell he probably wants to help her, but you know, his legs all fucked up. He can't. So now she's yeah, like, you can hardly stand. You can hardly get up. And it's almost like it's like, oh no. You know, like, oh shit. You know, but she's gonna do it. She's like, I'm gonna go get the shotgun. And you know, like if it was Seth who shot him, he'd Seth would be like, hey, you know, he'd be there. But so we know Seth's gone. Yeah. So this is bad. It's like, oh, shit. You know, so she's climbing down the steps. It's really tense. So she's so now it's like, okay, you know, she's inching up on it. And I love the lighting on it from the door. It's just there. Like, there it is. Come get it. Yep. I'm getting it. Oh, there it is. It's just right there. All you got to do is jump out and grab it. And, yep. and, uh, <laughs> and she... And then she, they wait. They really wait a while. <laughs> yeah, they play this one out for a while. But Go just as she it, reaches a shotgun, what happens? Biggins jumps out and just takes a jump for it. And he lands on his stomach. So she runs up the steps. Now, you know, he Jeff's limping. She's trying to help Jeff. And now they're being chased by the Biggins. And no shotgun. And now they're, you know, it's like, you they're know, wrong. the old put the chair under the door handle thing. The hands bust through the door. Oh, yeah, that, he tears that door apart like it's made out of balsa wood, man. He right. just comes through that door like it's nothing. He's busting that motherfucker. So he, so now we really see him good. Like, his head's coming through the door. He's busting the wood. Now we get a real good look at this guy, finally. Like, it's a lot. It's a lot of his face. Yeah, this is where they, they spent the, the the money on the effects of this part, part right here. Right. And so, so Marty gets out. She's going down, like, the roof and... Poor Jeff, he gets dragged back in, and he's screaming, you know, he's screaming, you know, Marty, you know, and she's looking back, and now she's trying to get out of there, and then big man lifts her up, lifts Jeff up, rather, and throws Throws him, yeah, right back out the the fucking window. (laughs) And then fucking he's gone, he's screaming, and then, you know, so she's like, ah, so poor girl, she's hanging off this very steep roof, you know, on some, some, like, wrought iron shit they got all over 
and uh, she's trying to get the fuck out of there. Um, and she's on the rooftop. What happens then now? Who does well, she, she, she climbs. She climbs back down the rope ladder. Oh, the right. first thing she comes into the face to face with is Peter. Peter's uh, body falls on top of her. Like literally, right. she comes face to face with him. But right. she's smart, and that's why she's the final girl because she's smart enough to see that Peter died with his keys and the keys in his hand. She right. sees him where Jeff missed them. Right. They they bring that back. Right. Doesn't he come through the glass and grab her though? Doesn't doesn't he? Does he grab her, the monster? Well, you no. Know, she get when she gets back to the car. She does. He does. Doesn't he grab her? When she's coming down the ladder, or no? Yeah, she. I don't think so. I th- or th- yeah, you're, well, you're right. You're right. Yeah, and that's yeah, why she, she falls. Just, yeah, they're fighting, and then she falls. Yeah, because he, you see, just his hands, and then she falls and hits the, the, she hits the ground, and then she takes off running. That's how she falls off the ladder. I was trying. Yeah, to that's right. Yeah, I was going to. I remember something time. happened on the ladder. I just couldn't. But uh, I would have just fell off it with no hands. I'd have just fell off the ladder. But anyway, she sees. Uh, she she sees Jeff first. He's kind of impaled or just laying there, wherever the fuck he is. And yeah, she like, doesn't have long to to mourn him because she just right. keeps on running. Then she's running. She sees the the dead old timer. She runs back up the steps, and now she's running through to. And this is when she finds um, uh, she's this is where she finds uh, uh, Peter, and then she looks down and sees his hand, sees the keys, and like they're like right between his middle fingers. So she, of course they're stiff, and she yanks the keys out of the hand. And there's a pretty cool shot when the front door opens, and Biggins is coming out of the front door, and he's going down the steps. That's a good shot because now she's looking back, and you know he's he's coming down the steps. It's a good shot. Yeah, it's it's creepy as hell because he's a big some bitch. Right, and it's like, you know, that would fucking scare anybody. I think she makes it to the maze, and this is where she finds Peter. And right. And we have this, the hand. Yeah, this is where she finds, after he gets through the door, and he's after her. This is what happens. Yeah, yeah, she bumps into his body, and then she sees, yeah, and then he falls down. Yeah, he falls down, I think, like, yeah, like, and they kind of tumble down together. You see a little bit of, like, silhouette light, you know, like, you know, like, oh, she sees it, so she rips him out of... You know, his hands are stiff, and he's kind of looking up at the sky, you know, with his dead eyes. Good good so, dead face. He does a good dead face. Yeah, it was good. It was creepy. And so she's got the keys now. She's making a break for it. And this is a cool, this is a cool ending, because they, they don't, short, they don't, like, just get it over with, like, and some quick thing. Like, she, they work this ending. I love it. She makes her way to the car. She's, you know, the lights are on. She can see the lock. She unlocks it. Yep, and then she then she quick and she's smart and she puts the lock smart. and the chain like, back on the door or not on the door but on the gate when she turns it back around. I dug that part. I like I like she closes it and like fuck it and then relocks it. Like that is so smart. It's like you know what I mean. Like fuck you, I'm like you know you're you know I'm locking your ass in here. Yeah, no shit. You're gonna have to work your way. You're gonna get to me. Right. And I love this because you know you know it's like you know it's like the Halloween thing. She's in the car and all of a sudden you know obviously the there's the killer. He's going to come up at some point. But I love this part. This is where she can't start the car. And then we get the we get the mechanic. We get mechanic Marty. She runs around and pops the hood. And you're like, oh, fuck. She's going to work on the car? Like, we got no time. <laughs> but she yeah, we got no time for this shit. So she does the thing. Yeah, she does the thing I talk about. I remember. I think I remember, like, this. You could do this on these old cars. She does something and jump. You know, she arcs something and. Gets it going. I don't remember, but fucking. It. it has something to do with a solenoid. I remember reading that. Arc some solenoid. 
I remember, I remember reading something in the Wikipedia about that they, but I don't have it brought up right now. But it had something to do with the solenoid, and I don't know how in the hell that works. But apparently, on these old cars, you could do well, that. You, uh, you use one of the spark plug wires because it's got juice flowing through it from the battery, and that's ah okay. That's where power comes from, but it's really cool. Thank you. you know, <laughs> Thank you for clearing that up because I had no idea. Because well, I remember, I remember knowing how to do that. I remember that thing because remember my older brother taught me shit like this. I remember this stuff from all these old cars. But this is really cool because she gets the car, she flips it around, and she puts it in reverse. Goes too far, she hits the gate. And then knocks the gate loose. But it's not really loose. She like tips it where it's like it's now horizontal. Yeah. Right? So yeah. It's, not, it's not standing vertical. It's horizontal. She goes and then dude like now is on top of the car. He smashes through the windshield. Now she's she's like he's got her by the throat. And she's like thrashing around the car. And the car is going around in circles. Oh, yeah. It's spinning out. And, and and then so it's this is a great scene. Because she sees the gate with the fucking... That she accidentally knocked over, and now she's smart enough to know. She sees the gate with those, with those big pointed spear tips, and and the creature on the car. She aims the car toward it, and then impales the guy on this gate. And then you see it's a really good scene because he's he's there, and he's like, uh, 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 and then you know, yeah, it's like, like agonizingly long. Oh yeah, it's a good scene. It's like he looks his eyes like look really, really creepy. It's like great makeup. It's like, oh, God, this is killer. This is really fucking scary. It's and so that they he, saved the most amount of blood for the killer's death. Right. And he's just kind of, <laughs> you know, like, like, you know, he just went through his lungs. So, you know, he's dying. So he dies. And then her head hits the, she passes out, basically. And, like, her head hits the horn. And it's like, Arr! and then she wakes up. And she's looking up. And then she realizes, you know, she's kind of coming to. And she, now it's morning time. She opens she, up. She made door. it. She made it to daylight, like the like the frat guys said that she had to. Right. And and now the point of view is like from behind the car. You see, dude still impaled, and he's kind of like his knees are on the back of the trunk. You know, he's like in a kneeling position, but he's being held up by the gate. So he's yeah. dead. He's, no, he's dead. He didn't get up, and he's not there. He's dead. Poor guy. He just wanted to cuddle. Right. He just wanted. To <laughs> I don't, you know, like like all guys do, right? They want to, you know, you gotta. So he uh, the cuddle. <laughs> he, wanted, wanted, he just wanted her number. So again, so she gets out of the car. She kind of climbs. It's kind of cool. She makes her way through the fence between the car and the fence, and just she kind of stands there holding onto the fence, kind of, kind of taking it all in for a minute. Then she lets go of the fence, starts walking. And that's right. the movie. And that's the movie, and the credits roll while she's standing there, like old school, like it's kind of like you know. Like it doesn't go to black; it just freeze frames on a shot, and then you know you see her. She's kind of in shock, walking, and it's a cool ending. It's like it's like she's walking away, and the guy's not gonna jump out and get her. He's yeah, done. he's he's definitely dead. He's, he's done. Dead. He's been there all night. Well, she passed out. He ain't getting anywhere. And it stops. She's looking forward, and then cast the characters, and it rolls the credits. And I was like, yeah, old school ending. Yep, the, uh, love. I, lo I love that. I call it the hero shot when the hero is almost like walking away from the explosion. Right. She's yeah, walking exactly. away from the carnage and it just freeze yeah. frames. Great ending. Exactly. I love that. And then, the, and then the fucking cool graphics, the letters look great. They're in red and they're just going up. And it's a great way to end it, man. I love that freeze frame shot. You know, and it's just, it's like, same, oh, same. oh, it's so great, dude. It's so good. It's, oh, I just. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 damn. Well, I mean, the the movie is not perfect, 
but like that ending is perfect. That ending is 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 legit perfect. Yeah, legit, totally. Um, I don't know. I didn't quite prepare for for this, but I thought of one while we were talking. Um, so we're gonna do our little extra cheesy segment. I'm not sure if you have one on deck, but I definitely do, and it's quite simple. My extra cheesy moment is (laughs) Scott's parrot clickety clacking on the window. (laughs) That's That's my. That's a good one. <laughs> is there anything more cheesy than that or or maybe except maybe the secondary cheesy moment is when Seth's trying to explain to Denise the finer arts of uh surfing but you know but nah nah it's it's got to go to to to, to the I'm parrots. Gonna go with, with the parrot I I tried to think of a few things the thing what he says in the mirror to himself is cheesy but a great line but I wasn't smart enough to write it down and I thought I'd remember it <laughs> I'll remember it the minute this phone call ends. I'll remember it. But, uh, <laughs> That's how it usually goes, right? Yeah, it usually does. Or tonight, in the middle of the night, I'll wake up to pee and I'll go and I'll say the line in my head. I'll know it. And I'll go. I like the surf thing. That was funny and cheesy, but it was cute. But I'll go with the parrot. The parrot, the clicking on it. Not. A, it's not so much. It's cheesy, but it was really kind of cool because it left because you heard the sound. For a while, and then you see what it is, and it's like, oh, it's the fucking parrot. And yeah, because you know, you hear the clicking, you don't know what it is. I, I was figuring it was the dude's glasses or something. Yeah, it could have been anything, but what is it? You know, it's the fucking plastic head of the fucking parrot that we've been seeing all movie hitting yeah. the glass, and it's so funny. That's so good. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Uh, well, as we usually do around here, we'll get into our, our final thoughts and ratings. You know how we do things. Guests go first. Uh, rating on a scale from 1 to 10, if you will, Tom. I'm going to give it a solid 9.5. Oh, um, we are not far off. I would go 10, but uh, I, I was gonna, I'm going to ding it a little bit on, some of the, on, the, on the 10 or 15 minutes they probably should have cut. It doesn't make the movie any less awesome, um, but... Uh, I think sometimes I just go for tens all the time. I'm like, no, I need to be a little bit more critical. And I, I am <laughs> going to be on that because it, you know, it was a little bit too much. But I, I do think the movie's a ten. But I'm going to go with nine point five. I'm, I'm just <laughs> that's where I'm going with it. But uh, I, I'm not I, coming in that far from you. I'm coming in at an even nine, and for the same right. reasons, just a little bit of pacing. You know, right. would have liked to, some of the kills to have been more on screen. They happen a little bit more off screen, but like. It's strangely enough, I love this movie so much, I'm willing to forgive it for that. Me too. And I'll watch it many more times. Hopefully I'll, I'll be alive long enough to watch it at least a bunch more. Yeah, exactly. I think kudos. I will kudos, watch it again. You know, definitely. But kudos need to go to Tom Simone for getting one of his first, uh, you know, legit uh, films outside of the pornography industry. He did this, Savage Streets, another one with Linda Blair a couple years later, Hellhole, Reform School Girls, Angel 3, for crying out loud. So he, he's uh, an exploitation director and in good standing as far as I'm concerned. I agree. It was, I thought it was really weird, though, that the fellow who, dire- uh, not directed, but wrote this, Randy Feldman, didn't write another script again till eight years later. You know what his follow-up script to Hell Knight was? Uh, Tango and Cash. Oh! I wouldn't <laughs> have that in a hundred years. <laughs> Tango and Cash, then he did Nowhere to Run with Van Damme, Metro with Eddie Murphy, and a bunch of TV stuff. So I was just like, 
And he's still uh, writing. His last script came out, and his last writing gig was in 2019. So, you know, he's still writing. But I just thought it was really weird that uh, it went from Hell Knight to Tango and Cash to largely different movies. (laughs) Good for him. That's cool. That's a good movie. And, folks, it's been around a long time, and it's kind of an unsung hero. You don't hear people talking about that movie. But see this. If you haven't haven't seen it, see it again. It's yeah. a good, it's a it's a fun slasher. It's not yeah. a, it's not a lot of hard work to get through. Some of them are a little painstakingly slow to get through. And in this movie, right. this movie's got a couple of slow moments. But I mean, it's got its moments, but it's it doesn't take away from the greatness of the movie. It really doesn't. It's, it's got it's a fun atmosphere. An it's an observation, like you know, yeah, like, I could have they could have cut a little of some of this subs and stuff out. But it's, so what, you know, that was their decision. You know, we're the I'm. We're the audience, and I, I love it, and it's a great movie. I, I still love it. I mean, I mean I, I'm, I'm giving it. I'm coming in at a nine, so I'm not dinging it too hard. Right, and uh, and so yeah, I'm. Uh, I I love it to death, and I'll definitely watch it again. But like I said, if you haven't seen it, it's well worth a watch. If you're into these kind of movies, this is one of the better ones, and uh, it's really good, and the, the characters are great. And uh, and you'll, I'm sure you, if you listen to the show, you'll probably agree with us on. A lot of the stuff, you know, that we tell you see on there, you know that, <laughs> and uh, and uh, it was it, it was good, and you'll see the parrot thing that we're talking about. Except you'll know when you're clicking, you'll know what it is. Yeah, but, if you haven't seen it, well, if you haven't seen seen the movie, I don't know why you listen to the show first. Please, right. I implore you to to, to watch but, this movie. It, it begs right. to be watched and rewatched. It, it needs to be watched. You need to watch it. So you know what, the price is right. It's easy enough. Type it in Tubi or something to watch it and. Uh, Get you some popcorn and kick back one night, and you know, you'll have a good time because that's exactly what, it's entertainment, and, and that's what that's what it, it did its job. And, you'll learn uh, you'll learn a little bit about love, life, and surfing. Exactly, you'll learn a little bit <laughs> of surfing and Vincent Van Patten's heart heart speckled boxer shorts. <laughs> yeah, you can see his boxer shorts. If that's not enough, that's that that's good for the price of admission right there. Right, exactly. <laughs> Oh shit! Well, this has been a fun one, Tom. I've had fun oh, doing yeah. this one for you. This is this is one that I'm surprised in three years doing the show that we have not covered. Me it, but... too. I was shocked when I look. I go, why the hell? That's the first thing I thought. I go, why the hell haven't we done this one already? <laughs> it seems like a gimme, doesn't it? It does, but we did. So now we did. Yeah. It's in the thing. It's in the, it's in the history books. Yep. All righty. Well, I think we'll put a pin in this one for the afternoon. I want to thank you for taking a couple hours out of your, uh, you know, your weekend. And these Sunday shows are always a fun time with you, man. Hey, I'm, I'm always a pleasure doing them, Cameron. I love doing these shows, and they're always a blast. And and this same, is a, same. Lots, lots of fun, and I love doing them. So let's keep doing them. Right on, right on. Well, we'll see what we'll pick next. I'm sure it'll be something cheesy. Oh yeah. Definitely. All right. Well, folks, you have been listening uh, to Grindhouse Pizzeria here on the Cinema Degeneration Network. We have been reviewing and dissecting Hell Night from 1981. As always, thank you for listening, folks. Welcome to Garth Manor.